Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm alongside Eugene Bidden. That's right. We brought the little man out and about to hang out with us here on a beautiful uh, Saturday night special as we're here live at Woodland High School with the SCYFA SEC 12U championship game to follow the game that's currently happening right now. As again, uh, we are here throughout the entire day and we have watched multiple games here this afternoon. This started early this morning, around 10 o'clock. The first kickoff had a very similar ring to the Low Country, and that was, I believe, uh, a very good team from North Charleston. The Raiders taking on a very good team out of Fort Dorchester and the Patriots. It was 8U action. At the end of it all, it was a Fort Dorchester win to start the activities. And let me bring in Eugene for just a split minute because, Eugene, we do have the commissioner of uh, the league here going to be joining us here in just a little bit uh as you start to kind of put everything in perspective you've been out here today for most of the show you, you've seen a lot of this what's kind of your thoughts on all of this first of all you know a lot of people think of the the youth league or some people used to call it the peewee league and things like that and you see you know a, a kind of a ragtag group of individuals maybe with a, uh some daddy balls and dads coaching and some great volunteers and no disrespect to anyone who volunteers their time but what you see out here today uh is very professional it's very well organized uh you know the players seem to be coached by some of the best coaches around especially at this level um you know it just that's probably the, the biggest thing that sticks out is just the level of this, uh, you know, it, it's not backyard. It, it's organized. These kids look the part. You know, they're wearing the jerseys that, you know, they hope they'll be wearing in a couple of years at that varsity level. Uh, I've seen varsity coaches out here cheering on uh, and talking to, uh, mentoring, you know, some of the younger bucks. And uh, so it, it just, you know, it's almost like a mini version of Friday nights. Um, but it, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely fun to watch. You know, and the kids seem to be uh, learning a lot of uh, actual good football, many good technique stuff that will definitely serve them and those high school coaches a little later on. You know, let's do this. Let's bring in Jay Williams. He is the commissioner of this entire, of course, SCYFA, the SEC edition here on the coastline. Jay, good afternoon, and uh, thanks again for the invitation. Glad to have you with us tonight, buddy. I don't think it's right. Good afternoon, Richard, man. I appreciate y'all coming out. I'm glad you both and Eugene were able to make it, man, and enjoy this great day of football that we're having out here at the woods. Uh, been some tremendous games being played all day long. So, of course, now, Jay, we've been doing this all season long. We started this relationship in April, May, June, and here we are now in the latter part of uh, November, Jay. So, today is the day that we 
talked about. We knew this was going to be a big deal, but it got even bigger because you had the opportunity to bring in some of the guys from the upstate, right? You got a chance to bring in some of the team from uh, other divisions around. Kind of tell us who have we seen today, and quite frankly, who's even on the field right now that uh, look a little unfamiliar to some of those here in the low country. Uh, right now, who's playing is the 12U Rock Hill Wildcats, of course, out of Rock Hill, and the 12U Upstate Titans out of Greenville. Uh, you guys are in a dog fight, 24 seconds left in the third, 0-0. So, first team wins. I mean, score looks like they're going to win this one. Um, but, man, we have teams from everywhere today. Uh, uh, Columbia Knights are in attendance. Asheville Extreme. Um, Spartanburg Gators. Uh, Carolina Leap Panthers out of Lanc- Lancaster. And... Those were the different areas that came in from the Midlands and the Upstate, and then of course the two that's playing right now. Um, and then of course we had our our locals, our regulars. We had the Fort Dorchester Patriots, who are uh, represented twice or will be represented twice. They have the next game, 12 U Raiders and Fort. Uh, the Raiders were represented three times. Their uh, eight U took a loss to Fort earlier. Their ten U won the lower state championship, and their 12 U of course is going to get Fort next. And then uh, Ashley Ridge, Swamp Foxes, 10U, they were represented today. They took uh, the loss to the Raiders in a good competitive game. So, man, it's just been some good football. We're going a 12-hour shift out here today, brother. Yes, we are indeed. Now, the concessions has been a huge success. I know you're one of the grill masters today. How, did you expect to see the turnout from the upstate all the way down here to the lower state and every team in between? What was kind of your thoughts? When you started seeing these gates start to fill up with the guests and everybody socially distanced, by the way, wearing masks and cooperating with the rules that you set before they got here. No, I did not expect this in any way, shape, or form. I'm grateful for it. I love the turnout. I love that everybody is social distancing and wearing their masks as required. But, I mean, they were here the first game that starts at 10 a.m. And, I mean, there was a line at the gate starting at 820 this morning. So it was it was unbelievable. I did not expect this type of turnout um, to occur. Definitely going to be a good time here. Now, when you look at everything with COVID, and of course, uh, we're live right now with Jay Williams. He's down somewhere yeah, under the press box uh, down there on the field, making sure everybody's in order. But did, but what would you say at this point? Because this wraps up at least the wow. SEC version of this uh, entire, I would say, season. However, next week we look into the championship games uh, down here in Charleston where we'll be coming somewhere locally here. That being said, what would you say overall grade-wise would we give the first year of the SCYFA here in the SEC division? Uh, after today, uh, just the SCYFA period, I would give it an A-plus. For the first year, um, us doing this, to get this type of turnout, this type of support, this type of football that actually play on the field. Uh, I mean, it's just been tremendous. SEC division, uh, we we have some things that we can work on. Um, On the field play, I think that has been terrific. Uh, There's a lot of off-the-field issues um, that can be addressed and adjusted, but uh, if we're we're talking about just playing the SEC on the field, I I would give it an A-. minus. Definitely, we can get – some more improvement as far as skill and coaching-wise, but as Eugene mentioned, um, that will come because you see a lot of these high school coaches out here supporting their youth team now. I'm sure they'll get some of their assistants and things of that nature to start helping out, and 
I think you'll see our level of competition just continue to rise and rise in the SEC division. No doubt. Commish, I want to thank you on behalf of myself and all of our team here at Southern Sports Central being the official flagship of this entire league and, of course, across the SEC version. I look forward to meeting. Not only did I get a chance to meet a lot of those uh, guys that do what you do around the state, look forward to seeing a few more next week. Of course, uh, we'll broadcast the games. We'll probably work out a, a way to get it uh, on the radio if we don't figure out the TV deal next week. But nevertheless, I just want to personally say this. What a great job today. Can't wait for the uh, finale here in about nine minutes. That is if somebody scores. But, uh, again, I'll let you get back at your job here today, but you've done a great job, and I look forward to talking to you after tonight's ball game. All right, brother. Yeah, we'll definitely catch up after the game. All right, brother. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going anywhere. I got eyes on you. All right, thank you, Commish. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, You know, Jay is one of the great ones down here in the community, not only here at this field, but he goes around and he does so much for so many. And that's the thing that I've enjoyed the most. Part of Southern Sports Central is not this that we cover Friday night lights. Here we are under the lights on a Saturday night, giving you a special moment, giving these young men and maybe a few women out there a chance to hear their number called here on the radio. And to me, you know, Eugene, I think about the days when you and I played in the leagues like this. Wait, we didn't have it. Married up together with the high schools I think that's really neat you know the first question that you had when you came up because this is one of the first chances that you had a chance to see some of this kind of action and your first question was where's that high school or who is connected to that school and that school of course one of them was the team out of Columbia they're connected to Tom Knotts and those guys and then there was another team out there connected to another school and even though they might not all go to that school that's kind of the, the, the layout of what the SCYFA is kind of looking at, and definitely down here in the SEC, is that we want you kids to understand you need to play in that youth department that you're going to be playing for down the road. For example, here in just a few, you'll see or you'll hear the Fort Dorchester Patriots. Well, they look just like the Patriots on a Friday night, even though it's a Saturday night showdown. And that, to me, speaks volumes of the connection from the neighborhoods to the high school football field, Eugene. Yeah, and not only program, but they also start to make connections with their future teammates, uh, with guys that they're going to be spending a lot of time with the next few years, whether it be in a weight room, a, a locker room, or on the bus, or, or in a film room, much less just on the field, practice field, and game field. So it's really, really neat, neat you know, to see all these guys. We're looking over uh, at the 4D group in front of us. You're right, they do look just like the Patriots. I want to actually make a head a little something to that. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, and that's the thing. Yeah, we were here earlier, and, uh, you know, I had a chance to select it. Number one, the, the, the interesting it, – and it's no different back in the day when I played or when you played or anybody else listening across the broadcast. You know, there's always going to be those big kids that are big right now. And, and what happens is that it catches up to you. So you have to get your talent up. You have to get your grind up. You have to get all the ins and outs kind of down pat because sooner than later, it's going to be 
it is going to be an equal process, if you will. Some of the biggest kids come into high school and have some of the worst techniques. They're not polished. They don't understand footwork. They don't understand how to utilize their hands. They don't understand the game as much as you would think they would. But because they look like, oh, boy, off the blind side, or maybe they come in looking like uh, Mike Allstott or whoever it may be, they don't play like that guy. And to me, I've seen that so many times from this level transferring into a Friday night showdown. Again, you can't judge a book by its cover, but if you get here, you kind of help some of the pages that are in that book by the time that they get to that chapter of their career in sports. Yeah, I totally agree, especially some of the bigger kids. You know, that they've always played on the offensive or defensive line. You know, naturally, when they were 8 and 10 and, you know, they were, you know, right at 200 pounds or something like that and they were taller than everybody, you know, they could just use basically their size. And, you know, sometimes coaching uh, wasn't there to kind of teach them how to use that technique or to train them up. They've always gotten by just by on the side. What you're seeing here, and, and I've seen some of this um, – Earlier in the game, uh, you know, some of these offensive linemen are actually moving. Uh, some of them are rolling. Some of them are, are you know, um, setting, basically they, they will set where they are. And I just saw one pull and come around and, and block for a receiver who had caught the ball basically behind the line of scrimmage and take off down the sideline. So the, the technique, you're right, and, and the development uh, is there at this level, you know, in this league that, J, that Jay's put together and running. Um, because, like you said, a lot of times – there was uh, two things at the football field when we were playing, you know, youth league and peewee football. It was a scale because if anybody weighed over a certain amount, they couldn't touch the ball. And, and um, if somebody was close to it, there was a pair of switch, they would run around the track a few times, see if they couldn't, you know, lose that pound or something. But you know, that's kind of the way it is. You know, there's maybe two or three plays that the offense ran and, uh, you know, defense basically was just, you know, tackle the man with the ball. This, uh, you know, I'm seeing, look, right now I'm seeing two uh, formations. Actually, uh, relaying calls in, looks like to get up to the DB. So this is certainly a, a far uh, uh, we had. Yeah, you, know, you, you see the uniforms are a lot different. I mean, we had these uh, these metal jerseys that had holes in them like you could almost slip a, a quarter into, right? I mean, in these jerseys, they're, they're that ones that's like skin tight, like spandex, because the coaches are playing a game of chess, and it's you can't grab us by our jersey. You've got to tackle us by our ankles to knock us down. And then the team, matter of fact, on the other side is we're up high in the sky in the press box. If you look on the other side of that team, I believe from Rock Hill is that team – for me, you know, it, it was a funny part because I'm sitting there talking to Coach Booker, who is one of the coaches for the 12U Raiders that's going to be playing next in our game of the week here tonight on the broadcast. And here come these coaches from Rock Hill, and they break out headsets. I mean, are you kidding me? 12U guys with headsets? I mean, hey, look, I don't knock it because they're in here as an undefeated team, and when 556 remaining, it's all zeros. And, it, and again, you know, and, and I say this because I see it on Fridays. I watch it. On, on Saturdays, since I've been a part of this league here, as uh, uh, the, the guy that does what I do here for, for Jay and all the guys at the SCYFA, and, and it becomes a game of chess. It becomes a, guys, what are you doing right now? Yes, but it's what can I do now, but I'm paying attention. What's going to happen in about two or three other plays? It's like driving down the road. You don't have to worry about the car in front of you. you got to worry about the car two or three heads just to, to be safe. Yeah, and, and I did see the headset on the coaches. That's actually interesting. And uh, now I'm around over there to see where these guys are sitting. You, 
there's a there's water on that end. And it's actually very interesting to see that at that level. But again, you know, we're seeing these guys making calls and players making calls on the side or on the field, um, which is very, very unusual for this level. Uh, that goes to say that, you know, these guys are teaching. Now, we was part of a conversation earlier where one of the uh, coaches, I believe it was for the Swamp Foxes, uh, was talking to the head coach at the Borsha level. Um, about, you know, because of COVID, he couldn't get guys in the room, you know, to watch film and, and, and kind of follow them up like that. So, you know, you can get one of those out screen, and your cell phone can actually plug into one of those new projectors. They're all very, very inexpensive. And you can put stairs up outside, or you can make them out of a gym that way you can have adequately space everybody else. So now we are talking about film study with a new football team. That's very, very different than before. You just had a coach, you know, who said, I saw this, you didn't see this play, and you had to go do it or do it the way they said. You know, now you can actually break down the film and read what other players are doing around you. Yeah, and I think that the interesting thing, and even when you look at, you know, a team, for example, you know, these guys use a drone. A drone, really. While they're at practice, they use the drone while they're at the game. And the technology alone has separated what we see day in and day out. And that, to me, you know, it, it helps these athletes. And we keep comparing 2020 to 2010 or even when I graduated high school in 1997 when there wasn't a cell phone. It was all pagers back in those days. And, and the technology alone is definitely separated. But it also, if you use it the right way and you do it the right way, it helps you become a better athlete, right? I mean, there's no reason that these 12U teams, maybe even the 10U teams, don't have a Twitter account, that they don't already have a huddle set up, that they don't already have their top five plays that they're showing right now so that they can get out. We know of a young man, course, was over at the Infinity Camp. He's already got an offer from Florida State. Of course, it helps when your dad played at Florida State, but it also is the fact that they understand the game. They understand what it takes. And I speak to a lot of 12U teams over here in, in the SEC, and I tell them every day, look, at the end of it all, at the end of it all, you need to start preparing yourself. Think like you would if you were a junior or senior in high school. Yeah, and, and all of the technology and the social media can be used as a great thing. Obviously, you know, there are some concerns with a, uh, a youngster of this age having those social media accounts. So, you know, and obviously part of that, and, and that's, you know, if Jay's still listening in, we'll uh, talk to him about that too. Maybe something that uh, he could speak to all the head coaches and guys in the league on, you know, that would be a good idea to have these, you know, kind of uh, pre-recruiting or recruiting Those are great. But also, you know, obviously about the smart use of social media and things like that. Um, but these, but these players, players do it. You know, it's interesting to see that they uh, are, would kind of take it to that next level at this age. Um, but we did. You know, we saw a kid out there football realm. We come to find out, you know, his dad has played for Florida State with an All-American. He had an offer. You know, the kid he was throwing the football to. He's an eighth grader. with also an offer for a Division One school at South Florida. And I was just dying to get division one offers and you're starting to see these kids younger and younger and younger and i think it's a testament to this type of football this type of coaching this type of training uh you know coaches are saying hey man i can offer a kid like this we'll, we'll track him and see where it goes we don't have to sign him at this point um but you know it also gives the kids uh, uh something to shoot for too and maybe you know, follow a certain path. Um, Once they get to high school, 
they realize that there's a whole other factor that comes into it, and that's the academic side. If you don't have certain grades, uh, you're not eligible to play. So uh, hopefully, you know, they can start building that down at this level as well. No doubt about that. Let's do this, Eugene. With 3.15 remaining, it looks like some free football here in the first quarter. It's a team in the upstate of uh, near the Spartanburg area taking on a team from around Rock Hill. Two teams, two defeated programs. Well, I would say disciplined on uh, both offense and defensive side of the game. That's why with 259, we're still looking at zeros on the board. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do what we normally do here on the pregame. Yep, we had 16. Well, and then it was eight, and now we're down to four. We'll give you the final four in the one, two, three, and four, and plus 5A football as it all took place last night under many lights. And it now will be 20 teams that will be handing in some pads come Monday morning, and some final snaps were taken for a lot of seniors. We'll talk about all of that right here out of the break as you're listening to the game of the week and the SEC out of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, the championship series right here. From the wood at Woodland High School. Guys, don't go anywhere. All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it It's gonna get difficult to stand but hold your balance I just say whatever cause there is no way you're round Everyone falls down sometimes But you just gotta know it'll all be fine It's okay everybody. I'm Rich. I'm here live on Southern Sports Central coming to you, of course, from the 12U South Carolina Youth Football Association SEC Championship game. 
And it will be played as soon as this big-time matchup between a team from the upstate, the Greenville Titans, taking on the Rock Hill Wildcats. Both teams are undefeated, and they're both scoreless with 219 remaining here in the fourth. We will see. Our game of the week is going to see two low country teams, and that will be, of course, the 12U boys of uh, the Fort Dorchester Patriots taking on a very good team out of North Charleston and the 12U. Raiders, and it will be a winner-take-all. The loser, unfortunately, will see their season come to an end. But don't worry. If you win, you're in. And that means what? That means next week you'll hear them right here on Southern Sports Central. Now, there will only be three games next week. We're going to try something different. We're going to try to do what we can to bring you all three games on three different broadcasts. So we'll figure all that part of it out. We'll let you know as you follow us on Twitter at SO Sports Central and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Again, I'm Richie. I'm alongside here for the call tonight with Eugene Benton, the other half of the duo on Mondays and Wednesdays, where you can hear us live from 6 to 9. But it's tonight that we talk about last night. Boy, oh boy, where there's some picks that were right and wrong from a lot of us, me included. It happens. That's why you play the game as we bring in, you know, uh, Eugene here in just a few minutes. But I'll say this. Last night in 5A football, the winners were as followed. Dutch Fork, Hunk, tight to do what they needed to do to take out a team known as Carolina Force. They advanced to play a team, well, Sumter, not too far down the road on 378, where the Gamecocks will be traveling to Dutch Fork. Winner of that one gets the state championship opportunity the following week. On the other side, it was T.L. Hanna. How about the boys of radio? Of course, he passed away last year. They played their hearts for radio and every other fan around T.L. Hanna. They knock out Gaffney. And at the end of it, it was a close game. But it was Gaffney that came back late in the fourth quarter to make it that game. But T.L. Hanna is victorious. They will now see the likes of a team, well, Northwestern. Not a lot of people, you know who did. It was Coach Steele, the principal over there at Berkeley High School, picked that upset over Dorman. So not only is Gaffney out, Dorman's out. Fort Dorchester's out. Now they've been three out of the top four all year long in 5A football. We'll be watching next week as one so it is in 5a football eugene you look at tl hannah they'll be hosting a, a team out of uh northwestern now northwestern plays good football they're in that rider's side the upper part weird part of the state of south carolina and dutch fork hosting sumter your thoughts on how 5a football ended up after the uh, games came to an end well, I've been completely off on everything 5A football this year. I was completely wrong on both of my picks in the upstate. I had a Gaffney-Dorman rematch. I had Gaffney, you know, as possibly the team that could beat Dutch uh, Fork in the state championship. I think the ball bounced this year. I'm not saying I really get them. I just was picking other teams, and I was kind of maybe thinking, you know, this might be the year that another team knocks them off. But, um no, it, it, it's hard to start. It's a big touchdown for uh, Rock Hill uh, on a nice pass. But, um, boy, you know, it, it was very really interesting how it turns out. Uh, I did, um, in the game, I did pick Sumter to win that game over, uh, over River Club. And I also, you know, I thought Dutch Fork would would win over Carolina Force. I just thought Carolina Force could score with them, and Carolina Force did put some points up in the game. Uh, I just saw some matchups. I thought they could do that. So uh, a little bit of shock, a little bit of not. Um, you know, my state championship originally, if we were to go back to a full uh, complete bracket, uh, I was going to have Gaffney facing Fort Dorchester. So neither one of those teams are going to be there. But, um, you know, well, 
Congratulations to those have. You know, you shocked us, shocked yourself, shocked everybody. You know, a bunch of people that believed in them. No doubt about it here. Just scoring, by the way, with 31 seconds in the fourth quarter, and it took every bit of all four quarters to finally put some points on the board. And the boys of Rock Hill, the Wildcats, are up 6 nothing. Let's give you the call as they're set up for the two-point conversion. Here's the snap. Quarterback rolls out to the right and is introduced to that incredible defense of uh, Greenville. Here come the Titans with uh, denial on their face and denial on – the mindset. It stays 6 nothing. 31 seconds left. Fourth quarter. This is it. As uh, this is some free football on the broadcast here as we're pre before the game, if you will. And this, of course, free game brought to you by Southern Sports Central, the official radio broadcast team of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. I'm Richie Yama alongside Eugene Bitt. Now we look at the 4A from last night and there was again some more opportunities for good conversations. How about this one? It was Catawba Ridge now, Catawba Ridge is in a very similar area as Northwestern, by the way. So we're not surprised that this Catawba Ridge is doing what they're doing. They're one of the newer schools. They're taking the best opportunities. They knocked out Irmo. They will live on to see another day because AC Flora took out South Point, another team in that area. But at AC Flora, big-time Catawba Ridge, can they be the Cinderella team of the High school playoffs, they're right now get, definitely wearing that slipper. And the other side in the lower state, Myrtle Beach, went down to Beaufort, struggled for a little while. But the boys of Myrtle Beach, Ryan Berger, of course, J.J. Jones, and uh, Mr. Uh, Randall did what they do. The look pretty good as they're watching him do some things. The defense a little septic for Myrtle Beach. I'm not picking on them, but I'm just telling you, they got to have to figure some of that out. They cannot afford to give up some of the big plays they did against Beaufort as they travel next week. Back to North Myrtle Beach for some big matchup because North Myrtle Beach took out a North Augusta team. We saw them on TV as well, and that was kind of the game to watch multiple games to do certain things. And, and last night, I looked at 4A, and I think 4A's got a heck of a battle between four different teams that play four different style football games. That's exactly the point I was going to make. There are four different styles of, of, of play. Uh, AC4 wants to score 70. Uh, I still have them in the state title game. I think they can, you know, Catawba Bridge is a very balanced uh, offense versus offense and defense. Uh, they have played some good matchups and they've won some big games. Uh, but I, just, I don't see right now anything stopping or slowing down the AC4 offense. And I, I have them. Uh, you know, right, I, right now, now it's going to give them the slight nod to win the state championship. I, you know what would be fun? I don't think we'll see it because I think North Myrtle Beach uh, is going to beat Myrtle Beach. Um, but I don't. I, I think it'd be a fun game if we could see it, which would be Myrtle Beach and AC4. You want to talk about a bunch of points and a bunch of just might as well just keep ringing up the scoreboard. Hopefully, there's no uh, cheer leader or mascot that has to do push-ups for points in that game. No doubt about it. Let's quickly look at 3A football. How about Wren? They went 4A last year. They stepped down to 3A this year. And for me, watching what Wren has done, and I love the coach, his wife. I got a chance to meet them last year. And, and, and being a part of that state championship game, and when they played Myrtle Beach, by the way, and beat that Myrtle Beach team. And uh, I, I really, really love the culture that that coach has at Wren. So to see him do this, they end up knocking out Woodruff on the lower side of the upper state, if you will, you saw a team out of Chapman. This with Chapman, after winning 3A last year, they're knocked out this year. They will not be a repeat champion in 3A football because Chester now moves on. Chester is the home team. They'll travel 
uh, and excuse me, host Ren on that side. On the other side, boy, this was a tough one for you, by the way. Uh, we look at Oceanside. We got the word yesterday at about 1130 that they had uh, the COVID word had, had popped up on the campus and there were some traces, some conversations, but out of safety to the kids, not only at Oceanside, but of campus. And all of a sudden, here come the Bulldogs winning that game out of uh, the situation, if you will. So they move on. Who do they see? Well, they get a chance. Gilbert looked great. I mean, real good against Dylan. They shut down Nemo Squires. They shut down a wide receiver that's going to the next level. They shut down every opportunity that they needed to. They were home, by the way, hosting a, a Dylan team. But usually, Dylan travels as good on the road as they show out at home. Gilbert kind of way, and Gilbert won big in fashion. No, no, at all reason to believe they're not a solid team for about 25, maybe 26 points. As they will see the likes of uh, Camden and football. Yeah, the lower state. Uh, there's still some, you know, people uh, not, not being able to play in the game, but. Uh, you know, when it comes to Camden and Gilbert, that's going to be a matchup. Those teams are there, aren't very far apart. Uh, you know, and, and I think <laughs> well, they'll probably have some trouble um, keeping the uh, head count at, at uh, the COVID-determined amount because, you know, I'm going to guess those kids probably know some of each other because, you know, when you're coming up 26 and you get around Columbia, you know, there you can see the Gilbert. You can go to the right. Uh, before you get there, you can back up a little bit. You go to the right, you can go uh, kind of – Almost like you're going north towards Santee, and uh, or excuse me, uh, east towards Santee, and there you go to Camden. Uh, you know those, those kids probably know each other. I've certainly seen that it doesn't take long for them to find out who you are via social media either. Uh, I, you know, that's going to be a battle because a lot of people have taken you know, some other teams. You know, There were some coaches and some uh, prognosticators who picked Camden to win the state title in 3A. Uh, I, I still think uh, I would either them or you know it, it's kind of hard to pick against Brand um, right now. Uh, they are playing good ball. You know you mentioned the offense. They've had multiple quarterbacks: uh, Kelly Bryant, Justin Urich, uh and back to back quarterbacks for them that are going on to play D one ball. So three uh, A is, is very talented, and I look, but I look for uh, Camden to keep rolling. We quickly look at 2A, and we got to keep this rolling. We got one, none. Now, no seconds on the board. It is a win. The professor's listening back at the studio. It is a big win for the Wildcats of Rock Hill. They will wait to see the winner of this game because that's who they're going to play next. They take out and end the season. The boys on the upstate, that's Greenville and the Titans. We will remember the Titans. They did put up a great, great season. They're not happy about some things down on the – but nevertheless, it is all said and done. Zeros across the board, 6 nothing and 12U. Rock Hill, the Wildcats, will wait for the winner of our game of the week coming up next. But before we get there, let's get quickly through the 2A. It was Andrews and uh, Coach Durham. His son, Eli Durham, did a great job. They really handled business on the road against Pelion, right? Did I say it right that time, Pelion? So uh, you see Pelion there. They are now parking it at home on the other side. On the other side, they will see a team that they know very well. That's Marion. They lost to them earlier in the season, but this time maybe a little different. And I like the likes of what Coach Durham has get to bring to the table next Friday night as they travel to Marion. I would go there a little bit far from me, but I like that opportunity. Now, on the other side of the upstate, you got to talk about the promised land. There you 
see the big A at Abbeville. Abbeville continues to do Abbeville things. They win against a really, really good team, and that, of course, would be uh, Chesney, right? I believe Chesney was the team that uh, they beat. So they beat Chesney. They will see the likes of this team that I like a lot, and you saw them, and that's great collegiate. They knocked down So it is going to be a big-time matchup between what, who, and how. That's the great Legion against the Big A in Abbeville. Really quickly, four teams, two games. What do you think, bud? Well, I'm going to start with the 2A and uh, with that Great Legion Abbeville game. Uh, Great Legion uh, lost last year, uh, came up short on the uh, final drive, uh, lost by seven points. Uh, I really think that they have a better running game this year. I think they're better up front defensive line. They're huge up front defensive line this year. Uh, I don't uh, you know, I, I'm going to go out of limb. I'm going to pick Great Legion. I'm going to stick with the sibling school. Uh, just, you know, I have seen them in purpose, person. I know what the A's got, or, or I've seen the A and seen, you know, a lot of the, the talk and other things about that. But I'm going with uh, Great Legion. And then the uh, lower state, uh, you know, whatever it is that, that's going on in these discussions with uh, David Shelton before he comes on uh, the show with us on Monday, uh, whatever it was, it told him that he believes that the A, and that is Andrews, uh, we'll be representing the lower state in the state title game. I'm sticking with the A. I'm going with the jacket. Yeah, it's going to be a good one there. And, and when you kind of pull it all up, you kind of put it all in perspective, for me, you, you know, Abbeville is going to be a team that you just have to beat them. You know, I like the factor of uh, what they do. But to beat a team like Abbeville, I got to kind of work with that mojo, and I'm going to go with that. Now, as far as picking the Andrews versus the other guys, I, I don't know, man. I like Scott. I think Scott's got a chance. I'm going to be a homer. He's my guy. His kid, I've known him since he was a young kid. I think I like the chances of him pulling that game away. And um, you want to, you want to, of course, try to see how that thing is as well. Let's quickly look at the other game. And this is the last game that we'll talk about before we head to a quick break. And then we get to that quick break. We'll uh, bring us the game of the week, 1A. And it went like this. You start to see some of the, uh, some of the action around. And, of course, Eugene, you and I talk about these teams on a regular basis, we've seen a lot of the action. We've talked about these guys. But when you start to put everything in order, and, again, trying to pull this thing up really quick here, is uh, Bamberg or Earhart. They're a team that beat C.E. Murray. Of course, they had to play well branch. I just feel like well branch had a good team, just not good enough. Not good enough to be on the road to take out a very well-coached and disciplined team like well branch. It was Bamberg, Earhart. They get the win. On the other side, who will they play? Well, we both picked this one, even though I think we both picked this one. Did we both pick Lakeview this past week? Because I know I picked them. I wasn't going to go against uh, that because Carver Bay, well, I get it. They've got a lot of NFL history. I just don't think they've got what they need to get to get that win. So they will see. And that is only at Lakeview. They're going to host Bamberg Earhart. On the upstate, it is uh, Southside Christian. We talked about those guys. So they actually won their game against Blackville Hilda. They will be the home team against who is that? Well, the Silver Foxes of Lamar. Lamar takes out the War Eagles of Wagner Sally. And that is how that one will work out. Just kind of quickly, you got to go to a break here in about 20, maybe 30, 30 seconds, Eugene. Well, clearly, clearly the upstate's offense and the lower state's defense. Uh, I, you know, I love the, the Wild Gators of Lakeview. I'm sticking with Coach. Uh, uh, Crosby with the defense of Bernberg and then the upstate. I'm going with uh, Southside Christian's offense. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's head to a quick break. Again, you are coming up to the game of the week here at the Wood. We are right down the road. Highway 78 is the location. We're just a little bit off the eye of I-26. We're about to see a 12U showdown. I mean, two teams, multiple coaches, and an entire incredible roster of athletes. They're going to be on both sides here of the Raiders of North Charleston, coming all the way from Danny Jones. And over there at the Ford, it's the Patriots who are led by many and are expected by a lot to do some big things. But tonight, all oh, tonight, it's all going to be figured out. What we hope to be is four solid quarters and four minutes. We'll figure it out. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will bring you the game of the week. The pregame has been brought to you by our friends over at the Tent Farm. You can find the Tent Farm over there at tentfarm.com. Jonathan Farmer and the crew are here for you. If you're looking for shade, either at your business, your home, or your car, this is the one-stop shop to take care of your And we'll come right back. This is Southern Sports Central Live from the Wood, the game of the week. I'm Richie Altman coming right back. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Good afternoon, everybody, or should we say good evening? I'm Rich Yelvin here alongside Eugene Benton for the call here tonight in our game of the week, and it is down live at the wood. Right down the road from Highway 78 is where we're located. One of they Coach Cyber. He is the athletic director right here at Woodland High School. Coach Ford is the head football coach. And uh, if you would, you, you, you start to kind of put everything in perspective, and tonight has been for all the marbles since 10 o'clock this morning for um, – well, you're starting to kind of put everything in perspective, Eugene. When today you play tomorrow or you play Saturday, which is a week from today, and, of course, we're waiting whether it's going to be at one of the three locations here in Charleston. Is it could be at Danny Jones. It could be back here at the high school that they're working on right now. But you've seen the action just now where the game of uh, the 12U and the upstate, who will be playing against the team down here in the lower state, 
just pulled it off. Rock Hill, the Wildcats, it took them 31 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter for them to figure out that they only needed six points. They needed six points to win tonight's matchup to play the winner of this one. Is it going to be the Raiders of North Charleston? Is it going to be the boys of Fort and the Patriots at 12U? But I do know this, in about 22 seconds, when they spot the ball and roll the clock and blow the whistle, Eugene, I'm expecting I'm expecting this one to be another nail-biter and a great matchup between two great teams. Well, you know, not a whole lot separates these teams. One from one end of North Charleston and one from the other end of North Charleston. Uh, you know, but it seems already since they're on the field, just uh, and we haven't even uh, spotted the ball or flipped the coin yet. Uh, it looks like they're checking IDs and, and making sure our birth certificates are in square to make sure everything's are, you know, fair for both sides and all else is equal. But, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of these kids play the uh, same teams. They might go to school together. I don't know. But, uh, you know, once, once that ball kicked off, you know, it, all that stuff goes aside. You just race, basically uh, try to win your matchup. And so, um, you know, size-wise, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference. Uh, 4D, just because they were closer to us, you know, I was like, wow, some of these kids look like they could play for the varsity team. Then I look over there at the North Charleston team, and uh, some of those guys look like they could play for uh, varsity as well. So, uh, here we go. Uh, we're now heading the sidelines. Looks like we're about to get ready for point calls. Uh, the Zebras are headed to the midfield. <laughs> By Zebras, he's talking about the referees. For you guys here in the Cowbell, and you need a little bit more Cowbell, as you remember that famous Saturday Night Live skit. And I can tell you this, tonight, all tonight is going to be as advertised. We're expecting a great matchup. If you're following the SEC version of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, earlier today it started off, game one was an 8U matchup. It was the boys of North Charleston, the Raiders, taking on the 8U. The 8U for Dorchester Patriots, and the Patriots stand tall out of them all at the end. They will advance to next week's championship game to become state champions. Now, they're already SEC champions, but now they'll wait the cost to be the boss, and that is play next Saturday for all the marbles. And the 10U, it was a pretty good matchup until about the third quarter, and that was the 10U boys from the Swamp Foxes of Ashley Ridge. Now, their head football coach was here. Shane Fiddler was on the sideline, and I love to see these coaches. I've seen a bunch of coaches out here. I've seen Coach LaPrade out here before. This young youth, he knows it. That's his pipeline, and that's his foundation that's going to be poured into his program in a few years. As a matter of fact, for these 12-year kids, it could be up to next year. And I've even seen the B-team coach, by the way. Coach Mack's been out here multiple times. But uh, tonight it was a all-time night for the 10U team. They ended up pouring it on strong at the end. They won by uh, 20 or 30 points here because of a pick six, which we'll put that on our audio, excuse me, on our, on our social media at SO Sports Central and on Twitter, or excuse me, on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. So they are at the field, and they're right now getting the toss out. There's three captains for the fort. There's four captains on the other side for the Raiders. Let's give you the looks and the likes here tonight. The Patriots, the 12 you guys, are donning these blue jerseys. And coaches, thank you for putting on the white numbers, the white helmets. And on the other side, again, Coach Anton over there and Coach Booker, thank you for what you did because you gave us the white jerseys for the Raiders, the white helmets, and the black numbers. going to be a lot easier for the most part because we are eyes in the sky. We're up in the press box here tonight. 
And uh, we're going to kind of wait and see what we're going to do. So it looks like receiving it first is going to be the Raiders. Now, the Raiders are going to be taking it from the end zone of the scoreboard or the Jumbotron and heading towards the field house. For the Patriots, well, they'll be def- they'll be heading back towards, as I say, Highway 78. So tonight, to give you your bearings, if I mention running towards the field house, well, you know we're heading towards the scoreboard. If I say we're running it towards Highway 78, those that are familiar with this wonderful five-star facility, it gives you a little bit of outlook. So here come the referees and the teams. They'll set it up here. As I mentioned, uh, the Raiders will receive it first. Coming in the second half, it will be the Patriots. As here come the referees putting in their notes in their pockets. Great job today, by the way, by referees. They've uh, had about six games. Maybe, yeah, six or seven games here today. Maybe even eight. But uh, they've had a lot here today, but they've been troopers. They've uh, done an incredible job maintaining uh, the calls. I believe they've made some really, really good ones, some tough ones. And uh, today's been one of those days that they've been tested as much as it Anybody. Get ready for the setup here in just a little bit. They'll put the T down at the 40. Now, Eugene, you asked this question. And uh, what you see a lot, especially down here in the SEC version, is a lot of onside kick. They don't kick it deep very much. Now, you don't see a lot of field goals, by the way, a lot of two-point conversions. You know, and at the punt, you have a chance to either punt it off or, or take 20, I believe, or take a, take a walk off, if you will. So you'll see a few different rules here than what you're familiar with on the lights on their Friday night as they are doing some substitution. Coach Naz is the uh, coach down there for the um, the Patriots tonight. He stands down there on the sidelines. Could be an interesting night here as uh, Patriots looking to get this win. Now, they win. They're in. They'll see, by the way, the Rock Hill Wildcats. As the Wildcats will sit back and enjoy another opportunity. Nine minutes on the clock. It is the first quarter. Spot the ball and... Blow the whistle, because here comes the game of the week, brought to you by Southern Sports Central. Here's the whistles to be blown. They're going to drop the hand. Here's the boot, and there's an onside kick, and it's uh, not going to go the distance. So there comes the flag. Pick it up. Come on, let's go ahead and touch it. Let's get this thing underway, Eugene. And, again, you start to kind of see things, and they'll get them the ball. It'll be a first down, and they're already in. The Patriots territory spot the ball on the left hash mark around the 43-yard line, Eugene. Yeah. You know, one thing I'd like to talk to these coaches about prior to next season is uh, getting away with those three-prong orange teams. Uh, you can't get it. the ball ball they're doing the onside kick. can't really get it up in the air. They're just really bad. Um, and some bad technique. So, maybe I can uh, – here we go. Now they spot the ball. Now nine minutes is on the clock. It's 0-0. You're live right here at the, of course, Woodland High School. The field, AstroTurf, phenomenal facilities and all. Setting it up for you. One ride receiver to the right side. Quarterback from the shotgun formation. He stands about the 48 of the Patriots. He's got a, a running back to his right side. Here's that high snap. He does take it. Number zero up the middle to the right side. He gets the 40 to the 36. And a great job of keeping the ball, Jay, uh, excuse me, Eugene, in front of him and then running around between the guard and the tackle. 
Yeah, that oh. hole actually opened up pretty quickly, man. He just kind of scored it through there, get his uh, head down, pads down, and a uh, nice pick of about six, seven yards. 838 remaining. 0-0 zero, zero is the score. The spot on the middle of the field. They're somewhere around the 37-yard line. Let's check 36-yard line of the Patriots. One receiver to the right side. Shotgun formation. A running back stands to his right side. They're about to 40. Another high snap. Number four this time going to get it. Right side. He goes across the 35. Finally dropped down. Very close to a first down. Eugene, they're going to give it to him. Move the chains as they spot him at the 32. He needed the 32 and got it. Yeah, it looks like they found something or seen or saw something going on. They're going to run into the same thing as that. Very similar formation, and he just kind of took the ball and uh, hit that same hole. Here we go now. It's about the ball, 7.58. Counting it down. All zeros on the board still. First quarter. Right hash mark. They'll spot it around the 32-yard line. Receiver, same formation with one to the right side. Running back to the right side of the quarterback. Stands up the... About the 36, another high snap. Number zero rolling out to the right side. He hits the 35 to the 30. Still on his feet at the 20. Puts his shoulder down. He's put out of bounds. Looks like shy of the 20, but that's all he needed to get a first down. We'll see what the marker is. It says 22. He needed 22. Should be another first down for the Raiders if they didn't cut him a little short there, Eugene. Yeah, I'll tell you what, what was very impressive of that was the other way saw the defender breaking down on him towards the sideline. Instead of uh, taking that normal quarterback dip out of, out of bounds, he uh, lowered that shoulder and uh, actually delivered a good hit. But looks like we have a penalty here. Uh, Ricky, uh, we're backing up almost to midfield. Here we go now, penalty. Look at that. Now, that's huge. That had to be some type of uh, a personal foul at that point. And I'm thinking somebody said something about somebody's mom on the other side, and we're moving this thing back. What was at the 22? Now's looking back to about midfield. They're going to move it all the way back from what was the 22 of the Patriots to now the 47 of the Patriots. So it's now going to bring up looking for a yard marker somewhere. First down and forever, if you will. So first down and uh, yeah, we'll go 25. Why not? Let's play that game. As it's on the right hash mark, here come the Raiders of North Charleston. Let's see if they can make back some of that lost yards. They like this. Running backs are going to be back in the backfield with the quarterback for the shotgun. He'll stand in his own his own side. Of course, he's now in his own territory, Eugene, as they'll have a running back when they come back because they just called a timeout to his right side. But something like that, that that's huge. And when you get latter part of the season, like right now, discipline football is going to either win you or lose you football games. It's just that's cool. you can't have to give away yards, nor can you fail to not capitalize on mistakes. This one. Ford ought to capitalize, but it was a mistake made by the Raiders that they can't afford to do. Yeah, you know, the last game of the season, you, you get that, you know, but also, too, like you said earlier, you know, it seemed like there was a little bit of tension that's going on, and, you know, some of it seems to be maybe a little bit of coaches, but, you know, when you're down at the 22-yard line, uh, possibly a first down, uh, you know, you're, you're in that quarter-court scoring zone, scoring position, you know, you got to take advantage of these opportunities, not lose 15 yards and be facing a first and 25 at their own 47. Swap the ball quickly. Right side is going to be a receiver. And look at that. For some reason, it looked like the tackle decided to stand up and walk over and ask for somebody's phone number because that's going to move it back five more yards. So now what, again, was first in a route, should have been first and 10 on their own 22, on the 22 of the Patriots. Now they're back in their own territory, and it's first and forever. Amen. For the boys of the Raiders, is it's now first and a country from the 48 right hash mark. They're heading towards the clubhouse there, or the field house. Right side is a receiver. 
few good running backs from the backfield. Shotgun formation with the running back to his right side. Another tough snap. Almost hit the ground. He handed it to somebody. But I'm not sure if it was a turnover. They should have been, could have been, and it was like that. They handed it to the wrong team. Man, Eugene, I've never seen this before because he took the snap. He was a little high. He went to hand it. But so quick was the defense for the Patriots. It basically was like a self-handle. For the Patriots going on to the other way at their 39 of the Raiders. They spot the ball. Now all of a sudden in the middle of the field, they'll go. It's first and 10. Boy, oh, boy. What a matchup, what a time. And we talked about making the most out of a mistake. Here come the Patriots. One wide receiver to the right side. Quarterback's going to stand at the under, under the center there. Number one, he goes around the 35 to the 30. Dukes back to the right side. He's on his feet at the 20, to the 10, to the 5, to the 4, to the 3, to the 1. Touchdown, Patriots. And it took them all but 15 seconds. With 6.53, they take the lead. Number one on the chart, number one in the heart. He was the number one man last week in the big win over there at the Patriots' backyard. But tonight, oh, my, did he just put something together. Great play call. You know, Don, what, what, what a way to strike quickly. And what, 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 what a way to cover. I mean, four defense. Right now, they're all of the end I've never seen that. I don't think I've ever seen anyone intercept a shovel pass before. And that's what that looked like to play before. Boise is now lining up for the two-point conversion. we got two wide receivers. We've got one coming in now. We had two wide outs going in. Here we go now. Is the quarterback back under center? Number one is going to take it. He's going to hand it off the middle. He got in. I think he did. Let's see if they give him a mark, and they do. So, two go on the board. The Patriots with 6.53 remaining. 8 nothing is the score. We'll take a quick break because it doesn't take them long to put things together. And the honor of the Coastal Carolina Shana Clears, by the way, picked up another win today, beating uh, a team in North Carolina and App State. Here is a little love for our page, or excuse me, for our shot of clears. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Young here alongside Eugene Benton. Coming to you live from the South Carolina Youth Football Association SEC Championship game. Squib kick number eight. It went over his shoulders for the Raiders, and it bounced out of bounds around the 44-yard line. So spot the ball on the left hash mark. The Raiders come back after a big turnover that they gave up with uh, not much off or on the clock there, and it was with 6.53 that the Patriots made the most out of it, number one. Ran it for about 40 yards into the end zone. Then they went for two and got it. They had the lead with 6.53 remaining. Eugene, 8 nothing Patriots. Well, just like their counterparts in varsity, you know, they're a quick strike team. They can strike from anywhere on the field. Uh, and, and, again, what set that offense up was a defensive play in the backfield that caused the turnover. Here we go now. The Raiders come back out. They've got that one wide receiver to the right side. Left hash mark. Spot the ball in the 44. Shotgun formation, another high snap, number zero to the right side, and he's met by the wall of the Patriots. Number 22 and number four was all over him. 
as they jump for joy and excitement. A big tackle for loss. It started around, it looks like, around, like I mentioned, the 44. They dropped them all the way back to, if I'm not mistaken, about the 38. So a big-time hit for loss there. Good job. Good job there. About the defense. Yeah, it looks like they're going to slow down the pace on their offense a little bit and try to uh, regroup. I see a lot of players are now looking back over. Uh, maybe they're switching something up, going to a little different offense. One thing I think they got to talk to is settle down the center and try to get him to get those snaps kind of, you know, into the midst of the quarterback so he's not chasing the ball before he gets chased uh, in the backfield. Here we go quickly. Spot the ball at the 39-yard line, right hash mark. One receiver to the right side, shotgun. Quarterback rolls out to the right. Number four slings the rock. He's got a lot of talent. Did he catch it? Oh, my. Did he catch it? We're looking for the sign here, and I think he might have dropped it. Yep. Good cover there was a pass to the right side over there on the visitor side in the air, and he was sized against size, but I think it was just a missed opportunity because it looked like the Raiders had their uh, their eye on the ball, and it hit it at the highest point to catch it. Yeah, actually, I thought that pass was going to the uh, wideout who was running the go down the sideline. Uh, that receiver kind of came over, and it looked maybe a 14-yard out or something like that, but the defensive back had a good play on it. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, 549, 8 nothing is the score. Right hash mark spotted on the 39, third down and about 15 with one wide receiver to the right side. Shotgun takes the snap, quarterback rolls out to the right side. He gets close to the 40 before he's met and taken down. Not out of bounds, by the way. Continue to remove that clock there. They'll spot him about the 41-yard line. Fourth down coming up here. And, again, if you're the Raiders, do you take a chance and not punt it and go for it? because you see how quick the Patriots can score, or do you take your chance and try to get something here and get a first down? They need to get across midfield and around the 46 as they spot the ball there again at the 41 of their own on the right ash mark. Raiders are heading towards the field house. Coming quickly here with the snap. Just Well, they look back to the right side here and trying to get the play call. Waiting to find out exactly how things are going to work. Take the snap to the right side. It's a quarterback keeper. He's got good room. He's got the 50. He puts his shoulder down, and he got the first down. He needed the 46, and he got the 44. Move the chains, pick up a first down, and that's a gutsy call. But we know the Raiders have the speed, and they shot out like a cannon from the shotgun. Eugene, first down with 452 remaining, an 8 nothing lead in the first quarter. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a quick uh, guy. As soon as he hits the right hole, he's good. They, they need to keep going the aid gap uh, same thing and not stretch it outside because 4D runs down when he does. 440 remaining, 8 nothing. Fort Rochester with the lead here. It is the game of the week. Spot the ball around the 43-yard line, right hash mark. One wide receiver to the right side. Here comes the quarterback to the left side. He's stiff arms. He's not even going to get it to the line of scrimmage as he's drugged back into their own territory, continue to move the clock. They stopped the ball on the 48-yard line, and they needed the 34, but nowhere near that. That's a loss of about 10. Yeah, obviously the coach over on the sideline isn't listening to the show. I just said, you know, when he tries to stretch the field and run towards that sideline, he gets caught in the backfield. And once again, you know, we're facing a second and 20, looks like, because, again, those negative yard plays, keep offsetting those positive yard plays when he hits the right gap and uh, makes a few yards down the field. 
348 remaining. It's 8 nothing. Ford Winchester scored with about 653 remaining in the first quarter as they hold the lead. And it is a big second down. A loss of about 10. Spot the ball back in their own territory on the left hash mark around the 48-yard line. The Raiders of North Charleston. Try to put something together. They've got some receivers. About three to the right side. Shotgun formation. Number four has got heat. He's got some blue jerseys, but he gets away. He rolls out to the right side. Here come a few more. Good friends. He trips it. He loses the ball, I believe. We'll wait and see. They're going to say he was down by contact. Not sure I believe that either, but nevertheless, the Raiders keep the ball and another opportunity. is I don't know if they made anything or lost anything. I think they lost a yard or two there. They'll spot the ball now. Around the 46-yard line, loss of two. No, they're going to move it all the way to the 45-yard line. So, a loss of about four on this with a big third down and, let's say, about 20 all the way from the 45-yard line, the right hash mark. They're going to split out some receivers now for the first time to the left side. Nobody standing up on the right side at this moment. Shotgun formation. Quarterback stands, a running back to his right side, another tough snap. He runs it to the right, but he's met by the big blue jerseys of the Patriots. First on the hit was with every shoulder pad and his opportunity there across the front end of him, and they drop him maybe back to the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to get him back to the 45, Eugene. So that'll bring up another fourth down, but we just saw him get 20. Why not do it again? Yeah, you know, at this point, you don't have a whole lot to lose. You don't have a whole lot going on offense. Maybe you can create some excitement uh, and turn over on uh, special teams or something like that because, again, stretching the field on sideline to sideline is not working. 156 count. We're 8 nothing. The Patriots 12U with the lead over 12U Raiders. Spot the ball in the right hash mark. It is at the 44. Fourth down and about 25, 20 if you're lucky here. Receivers. Two to the right side, running it to the right side, slinging the rock, get it up, get it out, intercepted, intercepted by the Patriots in a big-time snag and grab for number two. How do you do? He's all the way to the 44-yard line of his own, and they'll spot that one first to 10, heading to, I, of course, the 78. Yeah, at this age group, you know, the wide receivers just have to realize that uh, his counterpart as a quarterback is not going to be able to throw, you know, 40 yards in the air. He kind of ran a deep route and just kept going and going and going. And that safety just sat back there. Threw a prayer and went on unanswered ears there. As It's now 136, Fort Dorchester. The uh, 12U Patriots got the ball. They're in their own territory, but it's first and 10. Coming to you from the left hash mark at the 44. Roll out, throw it to the right side. It bounces off the ground. Attended to number eight for the Patriots. A short pass from number one. And that will bring up a second down from their own 44. But, again, you, you saw this team earlier score very quick there. And it all had a chance to talk to that young man after their big win last week against Woodland in the uh, SEC. That divisional but number one, without a doubt, is a spark plug. Wait and watch how they spot the ball now here. Man, quickly in motion. Some chaos, if you will. Here comes number two back around to the right side. He slings one off, but he does sling him very far as he's slung down to the ground. Tackle for loss. If, uh, I think they might have got back to the line of scrimmage, but there's a flag on the play. Yeah, that flag either was a face mask or an illegal seizure. It looked like he could have been either. White hat blows is definitely something behind the line of scrimmage. So wait for, uh, he's going over check with the other team, so it must be something whether they can decline or keep. So 
Uh, we'll see what the coach decides. Well, we're waiting. It was a hold, matter of fact. So that was going to be on the Patriots. Scoot it back, scoot it back five yards. So what was, of course, first and ten or possibly second and ten now will be a redo of that down. It'll be first and 15 or maybe 10, well, 20. He keeps walking. Where's he going? Well, it doesn't matter. He's going to spot the ball on the 34-yard line. And, man, that was a 10-yard penalty for a hold. That's weird. It's usually a five-yard penalty at any level. But uh, now they spot the ball quickly here with 128 remaining. 8 nothing is the lead for the Patriots of 12U. Two receivers to the right. Quarterback is in trouble, and I mean big-time trouble as he's hit as soon as he snapped the ball. Number 48 for the Raiders came in there looking like he was a man on the mission, Eugene. Yeah, actually it looked like he was, uh, you know, the proverbial shot out of a cannon. I don't know if maybe some of the offensive line weren't sure of the snap count or something, but as soon as the ball was snapped, uh, the Raiders uh, had, had pretty much had the quarterback on the ground. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's spot the ball for you. They put it back in the middle of the field. It looks like it's going to be around the 31, nope, the 30-yard line even of the Patriots. They started this drive first and 10 at their own 44. They've fallen back 15 yards. So now you're looking at about a third and 25. Here's the snap, a quick handoff to this side. Here he comes. Number two's got some legs and he's got some energies. But, man, he just got checked up by number zero. And uh, it was a huge collision. This fourth down. We'll see the game of chess now start to play a factor with 30 seconds, counting it down in the first quarter. Eight-nothing lead for the Patriots. But tell you what, that was a loud pop. We're all we out here in the booth of Woodland, which is high up, and, and uh, you know, with the glass windows, and you could hear those uh, face masks pop when they hit. And, you know, I, I credit to both players. The quarterback, you know, kind of fell forward like you saw it, and the uh, defender certainly wrapped him up and brought him down by, him, by himself. Well, we're going to count it down with you. Five, four, three, two, and one. So one equals the quarter that we just finished. Eight is the point differential from the Fort Dorchester Patriots. Twelve U, three quarters away. Three quarters away from seeing another day is that Patriot team. Now, they win this one. They will live to see another game and another opportunity to uh, play a team out of, of course, the upstate. We talked about those guys earlier and how good they really, I thought, looked out of uh, the – what was that area up in the upstate there? Greenville. Now, Greenville won. It was Rock Hill that won that game. That's right. So, you you failed the, the, the question tonight. So, you don't get to move on to the next round. I'll give you a mulligan. We'll try it again in a minute there, Eugene. But, uh, again, you, when you look at things, of course, uh, all of it started right here, of course, as we talked to earlier, the commissioner is uh, Jay Williams. He talked to us about all the action. They've had multiple games here today. We've seen just in the SEC side of life, it was the AU Patriots who won in 10 o'clock edition of uh, the battles. They took out the Raiders. And then later on into the day after a lunchtime matinee, they ended up bringing out the boys from, uh, well, Ashley Ridge, the Swamp Fox. I'm watching some things happen on the field, but the Swamp Foxes, the 10U team, took out the um, – excuse me, got taken out by the, the Raiders there. So uh, the Raiders already have a team in the championship game. The Patriots already have a team, and the winner of this one will also be. They're going for it. Here's the snap up the middle and nothing. I'm not even sure if I agree with that one because with a fourth down, it'll be changeover. It will go the other way. It will now be first down in a perfect – Field position for the Raiders. They're on their own. They're, excuse me. They're on the Patriots' 32-yard line. Spot the ball on the left hash mark when we're heading back towards the field house. 
You always joke at this level. A lot of uh, head coaches seem to be mostly offensive guys, you know, fourth and 20, uh, you know, on their own 30, and they're going for it. Uh, unfortunately, in this case, it was a bad snap, and we never, quarterback never got the ball cleanly. Um, you know, instead of, you know, your defense is playing really well if you're the fourth. You know, I think they probably have negative yardage uh, once you're down there in the penalties and, and the losses and tackles behind the line. So, uh, definitely surprised they went for it on fourth and 20. Well, bad snap, but either the way, here we go now. 8.56 remaining. Spot the ball on the left hash mark. Another tough snap. Rolling to the right side across the front side is number zero. The quarterback keeps – he bounces off the blue jerseys. Thought he would come back around to the far right side, and he lost maybe a yard. If anything, he got back to the line of scrimmage. So, we'll see second down, and we'll say 10 as they get the ball back at the 33-yard line. No, we're going to hit him with a loss of one. So, now second and 11 is they move it at the 33, spot the ball on the right hash mark. Here come the Raiders. Again, Raiders do a very interesting formation most of the time, whether they're 8, they're 10, or they're 12, kind of that jumbo package. And here comes a couple of receivers to the right side, a tough snap. The quarterback rolls it to the right, jumps over a guy. He now sees the 10. He will look into the 5, the 4, and he's pushed out at the about that of the 4. And it all started with running around and then jumping over a big defender from the Patriots, and they just picked up a huge first and goal as they'll spot the ball, it looks like, around the eight-yard line. Yeah, definitely. So they went back to what looks to be from here uh, uh, what we would call a queen package. And, uh, you know, the first drive, he was hitting some holes, you know, running out of the same formation, running behind a big uh, offensive lineman that looks like double zero. And there again, it paid off in this drive as well. Went out of bounds. It's 8 nothing. Patriots with the lead. Another tough snap over the head, and he falls down on it. Zero the quarterback, but I tell you what, he's the coach's favorite on that one because he fell down on it. The quarterback, is he's had some issues today with the center, not getting him the ball to his chest, and they practice on it. You know, week after week, as we're let, you know, late here in the season, as we're getting ready to wrap up the season, by now you'd kind of think maybe the center and that quarterback had worked something out, but with 7.46, this is a, a huge deal because it's now second and goal. Is there going to be around the about the 14-yard line? They were at the eight, so it's a loss of a good few. And uh, with 734, they'll be on the right hash mark around, looks like around the 14-yard line. Running backs, one to the right side, quarterback to the shotgun, and a receiver to the left side, quarterback keeper. And he got tripped up in the backfield by number 46 of the Patriots. Great job, great pursuit, and great homework from the defensive coordinator on that call. And that was a great open field tackle, too, by the 4D defender. Uh, early on, we've seen a couple opportunities where they had the chance to sack the quarterback uh, one-on-one, and he's been able to elude that, uh, you know, those, those single tackles, those one-on-one, and get into free space. Usually force had success by game tackling. That time, the young man knifed through, tripped him up, and uh, dropped him for with the about a two or three yard loss. Another loss here for the Raiders. They sit uh, here and start to put a six thirty on the clock. They trail eight and nothing. Here's another snap. Quarterback keeper is running up the middle. We waited for the hole to open up, but nope, not happening. Is a fourth down coming up, and that doesn't mean a whole lot to the Raiders. Coach Anton, I tell you what, whether it's Coach Anton or Coach Booker on the other side over there, these guys. They thrive in fourth quarters, and they thrive in fourth downs. They like their back against the wall because it brings out that Raider in them, that ability to show them that they are the big dog on that football field. But 6-12, they trail 8 nothing in uh, the second quarter. 
and the timeout is called here, Eugene. Let's take it with them. And you are listening to, of course, the South Carolina Youth Football Association official radio network of Southern and this is Eugene Benton. How about it? We got him out of the station today to come out and do some play-by-play, guys. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman alongside Eugene Benton coming here live from the wood. This is the SEC, the South Carolina Youth Football Association game of the week. It is an 8 nothing lead for the Patriots and the 12U taking on the 12U Raiders. Spot the ball and set the clock. 6-0-8, an 8 nothing lead, as we mentioned, for the Patriots. Here come the Raiders in a fourth down, and you got to make it. The quarterback rolls out to the right side. He slings up the rock, but it's out of bounds. It is a changeover on downs and a great timeout called if it was for the Patriots, by the way, now you see a, a great job. And I'm going to tell you something. When you see the Patriots on Friday night, Coach Bobby, who's the defensive coordinator over there, does an incredible, an incredible job of, of preparing these young athletes to do what they do. Well, you see the same thing on this sport defense right here, right? I mean, you're seeing a lot of bend but don't break. You see a lot of give but yet take, right? I mean, kind of that mix of a both. As they will spot the ball here coming up, it is the second quarter, 6-0-1 remaining, and they will put the ball at the 20-yard line, first and 10 at their own in the middle of the field. Patriots heading back towards 78. They hand out the rock, and they've met by the white wall jerseys of the Raiders, and it's a, maybe a loss here. We'll see if they spot the ball. I think they're going to give them a yard. Yeah, I think the Patriots have had better success on the perimeter. Uh, there's a good player, it looks like from here, number 70 for uh, North Charleston is Jersey. You know, he's a big dude. His jersey's kind of tight. He's kind of all wrapped around there. He's kind of a, a big birdie-looking dude in the middle. Uh, standing beside him is another big guy at zero, 0 And And they keep splitting that middle gap. So, I think 4D should start working his edges here next few uh, possessions. Here we go now. Spot the ball. Move the clock. 520 remaining. Second quarter here. They will now take the snap. Roll it out. Here comes a running back from the right side. Number 21. We'll see the 25 and fall down around the 27. Man, he can't drive him. Get him all the way to 29. He needs the 30 for a first down. He did get great job taking it to the right side. You saw the running back coming in motion a little bit there. Well, it's like a receiver maybe coming in motion as he took it and went straight towards the end zone using that lower body to kind of push around and they do spot the ball looking like very close to the 28-yard line. Left hash mark, one receiver to the right side. Quarterback back under center. Number one, the quarterback. It's going to be a keeper. He's going to roll out to the left side, and he's got it, 40. He's across the 50. He's at the 40, and he steps out of it. Oh, he's still on his feet at the 30. Holy, spinning like a video game, and he's still coming at the 20, and he finally gets drug out at the 
Raiders 19. This kid started somewhere around the 30-yard line of his own, and he ran across the 50. He spun around two or three times until finally they were able to drag him down around, it looks like, the 18 of the Raiders, first and 10 at the 18. Great job on this young man. Yeah, yeah, I'm just curious as to how long before we start uh, seeing anybody with his uh, and uh, you know, starting to compare this kid to yet another quarterback who is just just deadly in the open field, whether it's running, throwing the ball, into carry on Dorner. Well, yeah, but he also looks a lot like Cam Newton if you look at the number. I said that last week when I watched this kid play against Woodland. And Woodland, by the way, coached by Jay Williams, had a lot of that kid. Here comes the snap, the handoff number four to the left side. It goes across. So maybe the 15, I think they'll give him the 15. The line of scrimmage, the original line of scrimmage was 17. That should give him a pickup of two. So we'll go second down and eight at the 15. And they are heading towards Highway 78. That's the end zone that they're running towards. As they have the lead, 8-0 with 340 remaining here in the second quarter. Spot the ball, get under center, run it back behind him. He'll hand it off, but he's dropped for maybe a loss of one. Number two had it. But I'm afraid he was chopped before he got back to his quarterback. They got him out now. Yeah, just when it seems like those offense can't stop and they're rolling and rolling and rolling, again, those two uh, defensive tackles just kind of knife through and make a play. Uh, put them behind the sticks a little bit. Uh, however, we are looking like a third and eight. Uh, a very makeable play. Looks like they're going to spread the field out a little bit. Third and eight. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Three minutes and counting down. Second quarter. Here's the snap. Quarterback looks to number eight was the attendant receiver. He slaps his hands and his wrists, and he says, man, what happened? Not a conversation. Maybe it was one of those you were supposed to keep running, and he was throwing it to a spot. Your thoughts, Eugene? Well, the way they set up that formation, and I saw the outside receiver kind of check up on the line. I thought, and he was a very, very big guy out there. Uh, I thought it was going to be a wide receiver screen, and perhaps number eight just uh, didn't have his eyes on the ball and see it into his hands on that one. Here we go. Now let's give it up with the fourth down. Big time thing. They should go three receivers to the right side. Quarterback coming under center. A running back to his right side. Picking up the play, 255, the play clock has stopped. And timeout is going to be called. Eugene, I mean, you look at this one here. You're up 8 nothing. 255 remaining in the first quarter, second quarter, first half. You just saw them set up with a running back behind the quarterback who's up in the center with three receivers to the right side. Do you kind of throw it towards the three and see at the highest point who can catch it? Yeah, and definitely they have the size on the outside. It's actually one of the taller receivers I've seen today or in this league, you know, especially watching the game beforehand. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure uh, based on obviously the program they are, everybody knows, you know, where these kids kind of grow up, who they're playing for, the coaches, that they, you know, have that toughness mentality. Uh, what I was curious about when they had that three receivers still on the outside, running back behind uh, with these three guys uh, decoy, almost like a delayed draw, you know, possibly trying to spread those defensive backs out because – all he's going to do is squirt through that initial hole, and uh, he's dancing in the Wolverine end zone. And we'll wait and we'll see here with 255 remaining. Now he's just going to kind of put everything in order as, uh, again, an 8 nothing lead, and that was scored early in the first quarter with 653 just uh, into the first quarter uh, with a huge turnover that ended up in six points. Here comes uh, flags on the play. We'll see what we got here. 
probably movement on the offense. Usually that's what stops the clock for 255 and what was, you know, I would say a manageable fourth to get into, to, but now that should move them back, what, five yards, Eugene? Yeah, it looks yeah, it looks like, like it's going to be about a fourth and uh, a fourth and eight. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. We'll spot the ball, and uh, here come. Well, they're not going to do anything, so I'm not sure what happened there. So maybe they weren't. Um, oh, they whistled it dead. Well, there you go. So 255 remaining, eight nothing. They spot the ball. Two receivers left side, two to the right side. Quarterback under shotgun with a running back dead behind him. He's going to slow it out there to the right side. He bounced off his hands and his chest. Oh, my gosh. He was wide open. It hit him in the chest, literally bounced off his pads as the receiver number seven on the left side was wide open. Incomplete pass. I believe it's number seven from this far as he was to the farthest part of the field. Eugene, turnover on downs. It will now be first and ten for the Raiders standing at their own about 16-yard line. No, 16-yard line. Yeah, I know this young man is regretting uh, not catching that one with his hands. Uh, you know, and, and again, this, you know, young, I see a lot of high school players who try to catch it and kind of in their chest, in their pads. But uh, I'm sure the boys on the team will be giving him the, the business tonight in that old Madden tournament. Here we go now, 251. 8-0 is the score. The Raiders, they uh, trail the 12U Port Dorchester Patriots. It scored with 653 in the beginning of the first quarter. Raiders trying to keep something going here, but the defense of the Patriots have done an incredible job. And the Patriots, by the way, are wearing the blue jersey and the white helmet with the white numbers on the other side. The Raiders in all white with the black helmets and the black numbers. Shotgun formation run out to the right side. Number zero's got a lot of steam, but he meets up with the machine. And I'm looking for a number from here. Looking for the dance move. I think it's 77. The big dog puts his arms around him and gives him a holiday hug at the line of scrimmage. Let's set you up now. It will be a big time. Big time. 28 remaining. The clock will become a factor here in the second quarter. Second down. They gave him two yards on the pickup. He got a lot of, I would say, uh, he had a lot of momentum going across the line of scrimmage. Right side. Here they go. Keeper. Quarterback gets across. He's got more. He's got 25 and dropped to the 20. Six-yard line that could be, should be, and might be a first down. He needed the 26, Eugene. If they give him the 25, he's short a yard, and it should come up third and one. And they do. They get him just short there at third and one. They spot the ball on the 25. Excuse me, he needs the 26. Spotted on the right hash mark. Jumbo, uh, Looks like I like to call that the jumbo package just because it's a very different offense that uh, the coaching staff over there run. Quick shotgun, rolls out to the right, needs one. Does he get that? And a lot more across, and he shoots out of a can into the 40. He's close to his 45, maybe the 44. He slung out of bounds with 124 remaining. And the goal right now for the defense of the Ford is just to kind of let these guys wear the clock out and go in at halftime with an 8 nothing lead. But it is but it first and 10 at their own 44. Yeah, I was really concerned on that play that the uh, Ford needs have a out of bounds. The uh, second defender kind of came in, grabbed him by his arm, and slung him a little extra onto the ground right in front of the referee. The last thing you want to do is, with a minute and 24 seconds is to give them a freebie of 15 yards while stopping the clock simultaneously. 
Here we go now. Spot the ball, 124. It'll be first and 10, standing at their own 43. Right hash mark heading towards the field house. Quarterback keeper up the middle again. It's 84. Wraps his arms around him, but not before he picks up about maybe five yards. Should come up now. Second and five. They are still in their own territory around. Ooh, good. Ooh, wow, they got a favorable spot there on the right hash mark at the 49. So now that actually makes it even better for the Raiders with about a minute remaining in the second quarter, second down and about four. Back into that jumbo package of the offense. Quarterback will come from the shotgun 90% of the time with the Raiders. He takes it as on 45, rolls to the right side, and they will pick up across into now Patriots territory. Not going to get the first down. The clock continues to move with 39 seconds. They trail 8 nothing to the 12U Patriots. Somebody's calling a timeout, I believe. We're waiting, and it is going to be the Raiders. So here we go, Eugene. Let's draw it up for those who are listening back at home. They are now in where they trail 8 nothing. 35 seconds remaining. It's going to be spotted on the right hash mark once they snap the ball over there around the 49. Is this the time that you utilize the air attack? Because I'm going to tell you, you don't know much about the Raiders. You haven't had the chance to get out here as much, but this is a team that's very run-heavy, right? They run the ball a lot like River Bluff did, and like you saw Camden, you would have seen Camden, which you did see some other schools. That's what these guys do. They like to run, 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 hit you in the ribcage 100 times, score one of those 100, but meanwhile they're eating up all this clock. Yeah, looking at a lot of these formations, it looks like it's similar to the Art Craig type of offense. And, uh, you know, they don't. But here's what makes Art Craig's offense and, and offense like these so deadly. Just when your your safeties and linebackers start taking that run step up and making that initial step, you do throw something over the top. Now, if I were them, I got 35 seconds left, uh, you know, Start putting that ball over the top, you know, trying it. Because what we're going to do at halftime is uh, you guys take the ball off the down. So, as if I were them right now, and start taking a couple shots for 35 seconds left. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We'll uh, get you ready to go here in just a minute. Thirty-five seconds. Snaps the ball in just a few seconds. Receivers are out there. Quarterback shotgun. He slings a rock, and he's got a man wide open. Oh, did he have him all day and into a walk-in touchdown? He was attended for number one, number zero. Slung it there to the left side. Double coverage but way over the head, and that will bring up a big-time fourth down. 29 seconds remaining. We'll uh, wait and see kind of uh, what we've got going on here with uh, the Raiders. They Again, they're going to go for it. If, if, if I'm them, I go for it. The, the problem is, is that if they get, if they get tackled, you know, uh, it's going to change over on downs. And nevertheless, I, I think if you're the Patriots, you just kind of kneel it, get out. You lead with two quarters and eight nothing. Even, uh, you know, that's that's a big deal coming in to this part of the season. Come the Raiders off the sideline after Coach Booker is able to give them their assignment, if you will. Get it back out there. One wide receiver to the right side. Spot the ball at the 48 on the right side. And they are in Patriots territory. Snap it over there. Number five is the quarterback. He's got the arm. But he misses him short, but he was hit before he threw it. I think that's what got it hit on contact. That's what made the pass just a little short there. Great job by number 52 of the Patriots. Able to get back there, cause a little havoc, and here come the offense with 25 seconds remaining. 
at the half. Now, coming up at halftime, we will do yeah, a little solid here. What we're going to do is we'll play some motivation from a guy that I think is one of the best in the business. I'll let you guys figure out who it is, but he's going to talk a little bit about you know, uh, what you need to do. And it is all about motivation. It's about what do you got to do to be better today than you were yesterday and some of the things that you're doing that maybe you need to change so that you can take it to the next level. A lot of heavy hearts around the day on the Saturday. I want to say on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central to the seniors, to the class of 21 who ended their high school season last night, thank you guys for the memories, the moments, and all the excitement that you gave us during your days at the high school level. Here comes the Patriots, by the way. They've got it on their own 48. They're going to run a play. Rolls out to the right side. Number one is going to see some daylight across the 50. He's got the 40. He's got it all the way to the 30. To the 20, to the 10, to the 5, to the 4, to the 3, 2, 1, touchdown. And look at that. Oh, my. Take it to the house with 12 seconds remaining. They I'll tell you who made that play was number four, the receiver downfield. Uh, he was driving his man, driving his man, driving his man. For some reason, either he saw something in the defense back side because he turned. You know, the officials coming to him. And when the defensive back turned, the wide receiver did this smart thing. He threw his hands straight up in the air, put one step into the guy to continue like his block and let that quarterback kind of, you know, decide, pick his side which way he's going and then get tagged for that holding call. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Great job. About a 52-yard run for number one. He is definitely going to get the game of the player of the game at this point. Here comes a bad snap. Up the middle and in he goes two on the board. Sixteen nothing. Sixteen nothing with twelve seconds remaining. What a night it is as we're coming to you live from the South Carolina EC Championship game. Twelve U style against the Raiders of North Charleston and the fellas of the Patriots for Dorchester. Now these guys will be looking for B team action, a lot of them this time next year. Well, maybe not this time next year, but definitely next year. But um, when, when you put it all in order, number one, I got a chance to meet mom and dad last week as he was our player of the game. Well, by the way, you got to get ready to mention and player of the game in a couple quarters. But he did what he needed to do, and right now he's right back on that list of opportunities over there with the Patriots. 52-yard run with 12 seconds on the board. It's going to get the Patriots a 16-0 lead after they pick it up. Two points. So they are now two for two on the two point conversions, and they're the only team on the board. A 16 nothing lead here as they'll spot the ball at the 40, and they're waiting to kick this one off. I kick this one deep, man. I, I just think that you kick it deep and you make them go get it, and so they think the same. And they kick right to the 30. Here comes number zero to the right side of the Raiders. He'll hit the 40. He leaps a guy to the 45. He's still on his feet to the right side. And, man, I don't know what button he pushed, but that's the fastest I've seen him run all day long as it became a track meet. And he got into the Patriot territory. Should come up now first and 10 about where they were before they turned it over. Yeah, exactly. And this number uh, zero is the guy who's playing quarterback in, in several formations. We've already seen him leap a defender once tonight. Uh, I tell you what, if this football gig doesn't work out, maybe he has a future in track in the hurdles. Here we go. Two steps, final play of the first half in the second quarter. They move to the 45-yard line of uh, the Patriots. So they are actually in the Patriots territory. Great return of about 20. Uh, we'll give it to them, about 35-yard return. 
right hash mark heading towards the field house. One receiver to the right side. Here comes Zero across the 45 to the 40. Leans his head down, but he's drugged down and beat down, and that'll do it for the end of the second quarter, the end of the first half. All in the books. It's been all for Dorchester and the 12U Patriots. 16 to nothing, guys. We're going to take a break in about 10 minutes. We'll come back and recap the first half and a lot more. I'm Richie Allman alongside Eugene Benton, bringing you the call of the SEC South Carolina Youth Football Association 12U champion game right after this. We'll be back. Somebody say, E, what's your alarm clock? My passion. My dreams wake me up. I don't need no alarm clock. I'm going to bed pissed that I got to go to bed. Some of you going to sleep and you don't deserve to be. You don't deserve rest. Lazy. You don't deserve rest. Rest is for people who work. You ain't doing nothing. Every day you chilling. You need to know your why. And my why wakes me up every single morning. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And that's so important. Look, ain't no more talking. This is it. If you ready to take your game to the next level in whatever it is, sports, life, business, whatever it is, health, listen to me very closely. You got to change that mindset. Somebody came up to me. They said, E.T., man, I'm tired, E.T. I'm tired, E.T. I put in the work, E.T. I'm not seeing the results, E.T. I'm ready to give up, E. I'm ready to give in, E. I did what you told me to do. I read the book you told me to read. I put in the hours you told me to put in. E, I'm doing it, and I'm not seeing anything. My why is every single day when I wake up, every minute of the day, every hour of the day, I have an opportunity. Somebody who quit, somebody who gave up, somebody who stopped in life, I have the power at my nickname, the refresher. I have the power as the refresher to make you believe again, to make you get up when you got up three times and you say, I'm not getting up no more. You get to the point where enough is enough. When you get to the point where it hurt real bad, when you get to the point you can't take it no more, when you get to that point, I'm telling you, I can't explain it to you. But doors start opening. Opportunities start happening. But what you cannot do is you cannot quit doing the process. My why? My why? I'm about to wrap this thing up. Listen to me. You can't make a difference. Until you make a decision. And I do want to say this to those of you who are watching who are not yet where you want to be. Like, keep going. Like, keep going. Don't quit. You're already in pain. You're already struggling. Like, get something for your pain. I realized at some point when I looked at my family's history, I was like, some things I don't want. There's some things I want, but there's some things I don't want. And then I, I remember having to re- say one day to myself, like, yo, you are your father's child. Like, yo, even though you didn't, he didn't raise you, even though in the beginning you guys had, you know, whatever little stuff y'all need to get through, E, don't lie, you are lazy at times. You know what I'm saying? Like, E, you are super social and you'd rather talk than work. You know what I'm saying? I just had to grow up one day and just be real with myself and just say, E, the only way you're going to be successful is you got to discipline yourself. 
You know, when you look at uh, when you look at a horse, I'm talking about a thoroughbred. It still needs that. What is that thing called that they put on it? It, it, it yeah. still need, he needs that. Without you know, you can't. You you got to control him. You know, he got a lot of juice, got a lot of energy. He can go for it, but you you gotta you gotta hone that. Yeah. And so I realized, like, yo, E, you sleep in, you play video games. Don't lie to yourself. You you are powerful. But you have some vices, yeah. and you have some vices that take you down a crazy road. Like, you are your father. You are your grandfather. You are your mother. You are your grandmother. Like, it's real. And so I started saying, okay, E, you got to discipline yourself. And this is for me. This ain't for everybody. I started getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, you're going to have to get up a little bit earlier because you didn't finish school. Mm-hmm. You didn't take care of your business. So you can't get up the same time another man who gets up who handles his business. So you need to get up at 3 if you're going to catch the grapes. You got to get up at three. You got to go to bed earlier. This is why I said I never drank or smoked because the men in my life who did it were extremists. I had an uncle who died, cirrhosis of the liver. You know, I had other uncles who drank, and, and my father, bless his heart, but he was strung out on drugs for about 14 years. And I was just like, yo, E, you can see that they don't know how to do it casually. Like, they ain't social drinkers. Like, they ain't social on something. They taking it to a whole other level. And so for me, it was like, E, you got to discipline yourself. You're not going to die if you never know what alcohol tastes like. But if you taste it, you might have the same experience they had. So you just got to discipline yourself. You know, I do vegan most of the time. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people all the time, I love fried chicken. I love macaroni and cheese. I love a lot of desserts. But in my family, is diabetes. So it's like, yo, e, if you do what they do, then you're going to get the results they got. So you, yeah, chicken is good. And macaroni and cheese, the way my grandma make it is great. And yes, the pound cake is phenomenal. But if you want to be with Didi for the next 30, 40 years, you want to be able to walk, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be on the cruise. I'm just on the cruise, and they, they come people, you know, was on the motor scooter, you know what I'm saying? People with the cane and the walk. And I'm not mad at them. But I'm like, I don't want that. I want to be able to walk at 60, yeah. at 70. I want to be independent at 80 if I can be. So I'm going to have to make some sacrifices now for the long run. Whatever it is I say I want, I want it like air, you know? And air is one of those things that, you know, because people always say, well, why you say, why you say air? Like, why you say, because you go without that for a few seconds, my friend, it's a wrap. It's done. So there are people who want stuff, but you kind of want it. Or you want it bad, but you don't want it as bad as you want to breathe. So to me, obsession is wanting something so bad that, you know, I go to bed with I wake up to it. I make whatever sacrifice. I grind. Like, it's like I can't live without it. And so there are people who fantasize, romanticize about stuff. But, like, they're not obsessed with it. So when they say uh, fried chicken or uh, the salmon, I'm like, I don't really like salmon like that, but salmon. Or the vegan burger. All right, give me the vegan burger. Wow. You know, that's not what I want to eat, yeah. but I'm obsessed with Didi's health. I'm obsessed with our marriage. I'm obsessed with the love. I'm right. obsessed with her. So I'll do, whatever, I'll do whatever it takes. That's what obsession means to me. Not saying it or dreaming it or fact, but I'll do whatever it takes mm. to make that dream become a reality. I've been, you know, speaking for over 20 years. I study people. And I'm like, yo, my man graduated magnum cum laude, summa cum laude. Why is he broke, right? I'm just like, it's, I'm thinking if I was that smart, right. it would seem like I would just own half the world. Exactly. But what I realized is it doesn't make a difference if you're smart, born in a wealthy family, born broke. I realized what makes people different is the energy level that they have. And the energy level is because of what's driving them. You feel me? So if you got a, a Ford Focus, that's a baby engine. 
That, it's just a, it's not wrong with a Ford, but it's just a baby engine. And when I was coming around here, I could tell it, it's not going to make it, you know, in all these neighborhoods right here. You know what I'm saying? But when you, you look at an F-150, that engine is, it can pull a lot. It, you can put bricks in there. You can construction. You can give you a, a snowboard, whatever you want to do. You can put a vehicle on that sucker and drive it because of the engine. And so what I try to explain to people, it's like, yo, you got to understand that if you got these big old dreams with these little small engines, you got these big old dreams with double-A batteries, bro. Big old engine, I mean, big old dreams with a D battery. You can't power nothing with that. So when I say easy, that's like, uh, that's a big end. That's V12. That's like, don't give me all. So you got 87 octane, you know, you got 89, you got 93. It's all, it's all gas, but it's different. And so when I say a gazelle, like a gazelle is only driven by I don't want to get caught. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want to get caught. So, so, so when you're running because you don't want to get caught versus you chasing because you got to feed your fat, you got cubs, it's just a difference. So after running for so long, first of all, I didn't have no plans on running. So that's number one. Like, I didn't have no plans on running. So now you got me running when I didn't have no plans on running. So guess what? After so long of running and you still behind me, I'm about to give up. Because I didn't have no plans on running. So now it's like I'm running, 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 running. I'm looking at you and you're still behind me. And I'm just like, you know what? Since I'm not running toward nothing anyway, I just get weak and give up. But if I'm running toward you and saying, my wife got to eat. My son got to eat. My daughter got to eat. And they not going to make it if I don't come back with something. Then I'm not going to stop until I get that thing. So that's why I'm saying, like, yo, what's pushing you? What's driving you? And if the right stuff ain't dropped, look, you can't come back to Didi and say, yo, D, I'm sorry, I ain't catching nothing today. You can't say that to Didi. Didi don't want to hear it. Didi's like, all right, go back out again then. Don't come back until you get it. And because I want to be with her, I'm like, Gazelle, it's just a matter of, yeah, you're going to... Good afternoon, or should we say good evening again here, Southern Sports Central, the official broadcast by the South Carolina Youth Football Association. I'm Richie Yub, alongside Eugene Benton, and it's time now for the third quarter. And it is going to be 18 minutes from now. We'll know who's going to represent the lower state and the state champion next week. Who will they play? Kill in the Wildcats. That's the team that won earlier today, 6 and nothing in 12U action against the Greenville Titans. Both teams, I thought, looked really good. It just took them all the way to 30 seconds. Here's an onside kick in the hands of the Patriots. A great job there by the hands team. And uh, looking for the number there, I believe it's 46 here. Again, we're looking from across the side here. He gets it, and they will start already in, in the Raiders territory around the 49-yard line. Right hash mark here comes the uh, the second half. Eugene, we learned this. Number one for the Patriots, he is the real deal. He looks like Cam Newton. You could say he looks like the carry-on joiner, but he looks like 16 points because that's what he's gotten them right now here going into the third quarter. Spot the ball on the right hash mark. Here comes the Patriots. One receiver to the left side. Shotgun. Nope. Under center he goes. Snap it. Hand it. 
up the middle. Here comes the man across the 45 to the 40 to the 35. Here's a track meet to the 20 to the 15, the 10. He's got one to beat with a stiff arm in zone. Not sure he got in. They're going to give him to the one-yard line. No, they're going to give him to the two. So a 48-yard run, and it was a track meet all the way. Great job by, I believe, number two for the Patriots. He shot out of the right side of that cannon, and he went all the way from the right side to the left side. And before he's pushed out of bounds, it looked like lines are second and goal from the two with 846 here in the third quarter. Great way to start, man. First play. A two, probably, what, two little handoffs here, and they're in the end zone. Here we go now. Spot the ball, left hash mark. The Patriots are heading towards the field out of the scoreboard. They're coming up there and packing everybody in a box. Under the center, number one, probably going to take it himself, but he does up the middle. Driving, pushing off. He's getting drugs. He's still on his feet. Number one does a great job of not losing anything. Hopefully the forward motion, it looks like it's going to come right behind the screen. So now second and goal from the two, Eugene. Here we go now, all of a sudden, 751, second, second and goal. Quarterback keeper to the right side, and he's in. Look at that. Two yards later, he gets it in the end zone. And in the third quarter, this kid is uh, basically hand-delivering an MVP trophy at this point. Eugene? Yeah, he's also, you know, he's very quick on it and deliberate in his movements. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do for the two-point conversion here. Uh, Looks like they are going with the bigger tempo package. Maybe a tempo or a rhino type deal, but number one's going back in. Obviously, uh, I'm definitely going to guess he's probably going to uh, take some nice run. Number four in is, is there at the, almost at the wing this time. Here we go. Here we go now. Getting ready to go for two. Under the center he goes, blow the whistle. They'll stop it here. They'll figure out what happened here. The referees, again, a great job by these referees today. It's been the same group of uh, guys that have been here throughout from 10 a.m. And here we are now at the looking for a clock here, 918. So they've been here almost 12 hours of nothing but football. Jay Williams, by the way, down there on the fence line, he is the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football SEC division down here on the coastline. Here we go. They backed them up, by the way, a few. Here's the handoff up the middle to the train. 22's a grown man. He went in with a passion and a cause and comes out with two. 24. 24 to nothing. If you had to put number 22 as a as a running back, he looked like Jerome Bettis to me. Yeah, when we were walking in, there was a picture of him on the uh, on the fence of some of the players in their jerseys. And I looked at 22, and I said, man, that's a very unusual number for an offensive lineman. But, uh, wow, does he have some footwork there, too. And he just took two guys into the end zone with him. They went camping for the uh, two-point conversion. Oh, did they camp? And here we go now with a 24 to nothing lead. It is the third quarter, 744. We're coming to you live from the South Carolina Youth Football Association game of the week. And this, of course, is the SEC champion, the 12U out of one side of the division. 
Charleston Raiders playing the 12U out of the other side of the region or the conference 12U Patriots of Fort Dorchester. A lot of fun, a lot of action. These two teams, by the way, played each other over at Bagwell Stadium a few Saturdays ago, and it was just as good as this one. Quick short kick. Number one's going to hit the 50. He's got speed, and he's got a lot. He's fumbled the ball. It's on the ground, and Patriots will pick it up at their own 40. He's running the wrong way, but he's coming back this way to the 35. Stiff arm, and he trips over himself, but he picked this one up. Number 45 picked it up on the scoop. First and 10 at their own 36, but let's go back to that play. Number one, I thought, looked really good coming out. He saw the seam. He read into the A-gap, it looked like, because all of a sudden, here he goes across the 50, got in there, got a little bit, I don't want to say selfish, but tried to take a little more than was out there. Well, it's purely, clearly a ball security issue when he's running through traffic. However, let's do a little math here. Fort Dorchester just kicked off. From their own 40, and now they have the ball at their own 36. That's the kind of math problem they like to have. (laughs) 24 nothing, 731. The Patriots will now have the ball on their own 36, as they have it on the left hash mark. One receiver left side, one the right side. Shotgun, here goes the handoff coming to the left side across track speed, 50. 40, back towards the end is number four. He left some ankles at the 40, but he's on his feet at the 20 to the 18, and they now will move the chains first and 10. He ran a lot, but watch out. We got laundry hanging around the fourth on the field. Man, what a great job. Well, I tell you, before, out. looks like we're, uh, Maybe this place is going to be good. I'll tell you what, man. We need a street sweeper to come out here and sweep up all these broken ankles between the 50 and the 20-18-yard line. Man, I tell you what, he's got like three ankles sitting at the 38, six ankles sitting at the 30, and somebody's check monitor sitting around the 18 because that man did everything he needed to. And uh, we'll see what we got here. Pick up the flag. That would happen there. So it's a pickup of the flag. A coach from the other side of the Raiders came out and said, hey, what happened? Tell me. Let me go back and tell our group. And evidently, he didn't have a problem with it. So, looks like we're going to get um, a timeout possibly here. So, personal foul. Wow. On the defense. So, now all of a sudden, this is going to move into the nine. And I wonder if the personal foul is for the guy, for the coach coming off the sideline. Again, it's kind of one of those things. We'll just have to say it is what it is. It's out of my pay grade. But what isn't is giving you – the setup. It's 24 nothing. Fort Dorchester with the lead. First and goal at the nine on the left hash mark. No receivers are out there. They've got a handful. Number 20 takes it. Number two is going to take it. Check that. He's still spinning and in the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Touchdown, number two. He came to the right side. He bounced off of a defender. Spin move. Jump over. Hurdle. And in the end zone. 30 nothing with 657 remaining. Yeah, if you were a kid, we used to watch that little cartoon on YouTube with the Tasmanian Devil. He's been around, been around, been around, and he knocked three years away wherever he was going. That's what number two looks like. I mean, he just kept getting touched in his spin. Touch, spin, touch, spin. Went all the way in the end zone, but it looks like we might have an injury right now. One of the Charleston players there in the end zone. 
Wow, what wow, a big time play there. And I, you know, you nailed it. Tasmanian Devil. And all I can hear is the old sound effects that go in there. And this cat, he literally hit like the X, the Y, the Zs, the name it. He hit it because he kept spinning around almost as if he was trying to do what he could to spin his way into the end zone. And he got in there. And now here we go. Now a two yard run. Now check that a nine yard run by number two for a touchdown to make it 30 to nothing with 657 remaining. Big time, big time play. We're going to take a break. There's an injured player down on the field, and with that player will come a break. You're listening to the South Carolina Youth Football Association official radio network, Southern Sports Central. Be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. Quickly, we now spot the ball going for two. Will be the Patriots of Fort Dorchester. They are 30 to nothing, 657 remaining here in the third quarter. All on the ground. This is a quick keeper up the middle. 22 is in there. Give him some more. Give him some more. And I think he's got it. He does. Look at that when the bus is pulled into the station. I don't see any. Oh, we got some people now, some conversations, but let's focus here. It is now 32 to nothing. They're going to tend to another young man that's uh, down. We'll wait and see what we got here. But when you start to kind of look at things, uh, here we go, Eugene. It's 32 to nothing, 657 remaining. And uh, if you are the Patriots right now, it's all been on the ground. Everything that you've seen has been ground, 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 attack, attack, attack. Do you feel the need with 657 remaining in the third to do anything else but run the ball? It runs the clock at the same manner. I mean, obviously, I think you got to milk the clock. You got to take as much time as you can. Uh, up 32 to nothing in this type of a game, in this type of atmosphere, you know, you hope the other team can't come back. But you, you also don't want to start throwing the ball in the air either. Uh, we know what can happen, man. Balls take weird bounces, get intercepted, things go the opposite way in a hurry. Um, so I do think you have to run the ball. Obviously, you can't just run every single play. So I think you know, every once in a while, you might want to catch them sleeping and put the game further away. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's kind of get you back up here. 32 nothing, 6-18. And here's how we're now the scoreboard. The clock will continue to run throughout the game unless it's shrunk a little bit. And that's called the, uh, well, never-ending clock stoppage here. Here's a quick kick, a squib kick to the right side. And in and out of the hands. Pick it up. Hit it. Did he get enough here? We'll wait for the marker. It's going to be Raider ball because the uh, – Raiders didn't touch it. He wanted to touch it. He thought he touched it, but he couldn't touch it. And that's the one time where the coach is like, hey, I'm glad you didn't touch the ball. Good job there. As it will now be Raider ball. They'll be in the Patriots territory at the 49 on the left hash. Mark set you up here. The Raiders heading towards Highway 78, Eugene. 
Yeah, so now we're going to be uh, actually have uh, a little bit better field position this time. Uh, you know, they've been turning the ball over or be getting 10 deep and things like that. You know, if they can keep the mistakes, the mental mistakes to a minimum and try to put together some type of a drive here, you know, and get on the scoreboard, I think that'll do a lot for changing morale over on the Raiders' sideline. Here we go now. Spot the ball in the left hash mark heading towards Highway 78. The Raiders now will need to the fast five minutes, and it's going to continue to run. Snap the ball, run the ball to the left side. Shotgun formation. He goes across the 45 and all the way, it looks like, to the 43-yard line. A nice favorable touch there. That'll bring up the second down and about four. Good job there by at least getting something out of nothing. But, Eugene, not time to run the ball. These guys can't afford to waste any clock being down by 32 this part of the third quarter. Spot the ball quickly. We'll come back to you in a minute, Eugene. Two receivers left side. Shotgun. Running back to his left side. Keeper number zero. Going to get the 40 and a little bit more as he's slung down all the way around about the 34. But again, I get you're getting the first down. Don't get the clock out without getting down the field a little bit quicker. Well, you know, that's the thing that Ford is. Ford knows that they love to run the ball. That's their bread and butter. That's what they're going to do. They're going to do that 99% of the time. So what you do is you try to get an early lead uh, and kind of have them kind of chase that clock like they're doing. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Quick run again, and he's going to get a lot of opportunity as he gets the steam going with the Raiders. Number five runs across to the 31, pickup of about – two yards and now second down and eight and we're already at 338 remaining in the third quarter they trail 32 nothing to the 12u patriots here comes the snap runs it to the left side number zero bounces back out rows across the 40 to the excuse me the 30 gets across takes a big hit out of bounds but not before he picks up the first down and to the 19 and even though he goes out of bounds they keep this clock moving scheme here and the, the rules that they have inside the league. Well, I tell you what, uh, he hit that outside a little faster than he was earlier in the game. Uh, but when the 4D called him, he made sure he hit the ground because he sure did wrap him up and hit it hard. He did, he did indeed. Here we go now. Spot you at 255, counting it down. They trail 32 to nothing, the 12U Raiders to the 12U Patriots. And that one was a busted play. I don't think he got back to the 30. Excuse me, the 20, the original line of scrimmage was the 19. A loss of one should come up second down and 11 around the 20. And again, 236 remaining. They'll set it on the left hash mark. The Raiders heading towards Highway 78. The One of the big, many things that makes this stadium so great. The other thing that I like is the backdrop from this place is the water tank that says, I think that adds a little character to the wood as well, but we'll talk about some of those things and much more as we will thank for letting us be a part of this one. Here we go. the snap from the shotgun running up the middle. He's going to get a lease back to the original line of scrimmage, and he falls across the 15, and they're going to give him to the 12. That'll bring up a man a third down and three. The Coach Cyber, the athletic director here, again, thank you, sir, for letting us come up in your time, they say and be a part of a nice broadcast. I was here about four weeks ago. It was not as chilly as it is tonight, but it's what we like football weather here on a Saturday night showdown. Back to the line they go, snapping the ball, running to the left side, zero taking it. Maybe that's going to bring up a fourth down, and maybe let's go to a minute 30 
Time, as they say, is not on your side, as the song says, time is on your side, but that's not the case here today. With Coach Khan and Coach Booker and the boys on the other side of the Raiders trailing Coach Nas and the uh, Patriots. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We're now going to set you up here as it's close to the 10-yard line. They'll spot it on the 11 and the left hash mark. Number zero up the middle for the Raiders. He didn't get it. He didn't even get back to the original line of scrimmage. Turnover on down. The defense is looking for a shutout here with 55 seconds. They look to be headed to three quarters of a shutout. And, uh, again, Coach Bobby, if you're listening over there with the Patriots, man, you got some big dudes and some dogs ready to hunt on a Friday night because they're under the lights on Saturday shutting out a Raiders team who is not known for running the – excuse me, passing the ball. They're known for running the ball. So what do you do to a running team? You take away the run, and it ain't no fun usually in a game like this, Eugene. 25 seconds. This will probably run us down to the end of the third quarter in a 32-0 lead. We're nine minutes away from crowning the lower state champion – and it looks to be a Patriot kind of day where they look to have two teams represented inside the championship game for the state championship next weekend. Boy, and I'll tell you something interesting about that was uh, they ran five minutes, almost five minutes of clock and got no points out of that drive where they started at almost the 50-yard line. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, as we uh starting to continue to drive this thing and still – Going after it now, nine minutes, and with that, we'll take a quick break. It is a nine, nothing lead, nine, excuse me, 32 nothing lead with nine minutes remaining here. I'm trying to do a few extra things as we get you ready for the final. We'll be back live from the South Carolina Youth Football Association Game of the Week SEC Championship. Coming right out of this will be the final quarter, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central, loud and proud on the ground right here. At the wood. Welcome back, everybody. The final quarter of action here at the SEC Championship game, part of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. I'm Rich Yellman alongside Eugene Benton, bringing you the call here at the Wood. It is homegrown. It is an incredible scene here today as we started at 10 o'clock this morning. We'll wrap it up around 10 o'clock tonight, but it has not gone an uneventful event because it's been exciting from day one. And I'm trying to figure this one out here because – well, I thought it was a changeover on downs. They fumbled. Well, I'll be doggone. That's what just happened. So, 
Porter Chester fumbles, evidently between A and B as we came to you here. You turn it around, and it looks like finally on the board is going to be the Raiders, pending an extra spin of the flag on the play. So, Eugene, I'm going to bring you in here, man, because I'm sitting here, you know, making sure I've got all of our post-game notes and a little bit of football happened while I was kept my head down. Well, I don't know unless there was some type of a funny play called when they were ending the quarter. Look, they were running the quarter out. Uh, next thing we know, you know, the, the Raiders have the ball back and, and punching in the end zone. I had a first and goal from the five, which would have been a negative five-yard play the previous play before, but I didn't see a play. Yeah, well, here's what we got now. They actually moved them up after they scored. They actually had a penalty on the play. Here comes zero around the side, and he shakes and bakes one guy. They shake the other nine Patriots as it now will be first and goal, second and goal. The 16, let's go 16 of the Patriots, and we're already at 630 remaining in the game, and they trail 32 to nothing. So now you're just playing for a little bit of pride at this point. I don't think 32 points is going to happen with 626 remaining. I mean, you, you, you kind of said a big stat earlier. Five minutes, 50 yards, no points. And that right there kind of tells you the story that the Raiders have kind of had today. And you got to give it to the you got to give it to the Patriots because the Patriots have done a great job scheming a very high-powered offensive team like Coach Anton, Coach Anton, and and Coach Booker, and, and everybody on that side over there do an incredible job of teaching the youth of how to do what they do. They are a fourth-quarter team. Usually, I say this: Did you get enough? Did you have enough points on the board? before the fourth quarter gets here. Well, fortunately, 32 to nothing. I think it looks pretty good as they spot the ball, snap the ball, rolls out to the right. Number zero is now going to get to the 15, and he's tackled there. So now third and goal. The Raider quarterback there, slow to get back up. Actually, I'm going to check the number. It looks like number five. Again, he's one of those guys that a lot of times will sling the rock more than running. But, again, you start to kind of see some things here. Move it down, spot the ball. Here we go. 540, counting it down. 540, counting it down here. With an exciting day of football in the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We have the upstate and the lower state all in one state, one field, multiple games here. And a lot of champions were crowned in the upstate. A lot of them crowned in the lower state. And they'll play for the state next week. Slings the rock number five. Way over the head, intended for number four for the Raiders. Take it back to the call as it was a quick snap. Roll out to the left side. Good coverage by number one. We said his name a lot, by the way. Playing both sides for the Patriots. He had good coverage on him. They kind of put the ball only where the receiver could get it. So it's not a bad pass. He just didn't have anything to give him. So that's actually, in, in high school, we'd be saying that was a good play. Well, he certainly didn't want to turn the ball over. Uh, he had a little extra pepper on that. I don't see much wind going, uh, down there on the field. But, uh, you know, if you're going to put it out, uh, uh, you bring it back in the field to play. Because the last thing you want to do is turn the ball over here, fourth and goal, uh, you know, it looks like the 13-yard line. You got a chance to make a play, put some points on the board, and have something to hang your hat on. And uh looks like they're going to do that here. It uh, looks to be a very similar formation, Richie. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, here is a spot four, 19 remaining. Rolls out to the left side, number one. He's the young man that put it on the ground, but he's putting it in the end zone. For the first bit of points today, number one ran it from about the 14 all the way to the end zone, and it took him 
a few quarters, if you will, in about four minutes. So they finally put some points on the board. It's going to be six six points, and they go six to 32, Eugene. Yes, so now we get to the whole, uh, what are we going to do here to try to score quickly? Uh, we're going to go for the two-point conversion. Looks like he's lined back up as a quarterback again uh, for number one. Uh, looking back at the sideline, I'm sure they're going to try to do something to get him in space. Here we go. We ball here. We now, of course, try to go after two. Wait and see what we can do here. We'll see if the Raiders are going to get a high snap. Number one, going to sling the rock. Got him in the no, sir. So it's not going to be any good. We'll take a quick break. We come back. We'll give you some more football with three. 44 remaining. It is 32 to 6. It is all for Dorchester. We'll be right back, guys. Remaining here in the fourth quarter. Don't go anywhere. At the end of the game, Naj Ridley will be joining us here. He is the director for the Patriots. They've got not one but two teams represented in the state championship game in the 8U and the 12U. And again, Naj Ridley will join us here in a special quick interview right after the game. Beautiful night for football. Eugene Benton going down on the field to catch up with the coach. He's done a great job. It's the first time Eugene has had the chance to come out tonight, so it's interesting to hear his side of things. Of course, you can hear Eugene and myself every Monday and Wednesday right here on Southern Sports Central. Go to Facebook right now. Go to Southern Sports Central. Like that page. Follow that page because there are multiple shows throughout the week. For example, tomorrow night, the professor, that is Clinton Robinson Sr. He'll be in the lab from 6 to nine. He'll be recapping all the action today as he does every Sunday night. His rules his way and it is on that day of Sunday evening. Fort with the ball. They've got it at the 49. Looking to hand it off up the middle. Great job there as he gets about to the 45. Good work there Eugene. I know I got you. I got your mic hot buddy so you can kind of speak in here when you need to. You're down there on the sideline, man. I'll let you kind of catch up to Naj real quick, kind of whisper in his ear, hey, we're going to come to you at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, again, he is the director of the Fort Dorchester Patriots. Should be a lot of fun. But you down there on the sideline, man, how cool is it down there for you? What attitude do you see down there with the young people? Well, I was going to say, before you make any uh, uh, short jokes, uh, you know. <laughs> They're about as tall as you. <laughs> yeah. They're bigger than me. 
They are bigger than you. Here comes something big, and it's number three. He runs to the right side. He hits the 45 and continues to run that clock. It's a 32-6 lead. 32-6 lead. At the end of this game, we'll give you the player of the game. We've got to get number one's name here in just a minute. When we do that, we'll uh, – We'll give you his name because he's definitely, without a doubt, going to be the player of the game for us. Uh, you know what? We're going to use our guys up here in the box. I want to thank everybody. Man, what a great day. I've been here all day from about noon on in. I know the professor with Boy Sports was out here from about 10 o'clock to about 3 o'clock. We kind of did some shift work here to cover and smother the young folks. Here we go. 2.20 remaining. It is the fourth quarter. 32 nothing the lead. 32-6 the lead, excuse me, for the Patriots. Here's a quick handoff up the middle to the 45, all the way to the 43. He is the director of the Fort Dorchester Patriots organization. Coach Pratt, I know you would be extremely proud of these young men, as well as on the other side is, uh, you know, Coach Anton. He's got three great programs. One of those programs, by the way, going to be represented next weekend in the state championship as well. Good stuff there going forward here as uh, you start to kind of look at things. Now, the winner of this game will be the Patriots. The 12U team will be playing the 12U team uh, of uh, Rock Hill and the Wildcats. That's going to be a dandy of a ball game, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to go anywhere. You would never guess the name of number one who's going to be our player of the game, by the way. So let's go down the sideline real quick with 121. Nas, what's up, buddy? Hey, Richard, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. So, first of all, great job tonight. You're about a minute, 15 seconds away from picking up a win. You're going to have not one, but two of your programs in the state championship, buddy. Congratulations. Hey, thank you, man. It's a real special night. First and foremost, uh, hats off to the North Charleston Raiders, man. They're always one of the best competitive programs, um, you know, in the area, man. So, um, kudos to Anton and those boys. And But, you know, tonight – uh, we played Fort football, man, and um, we executed defensively and um, offensively on, on both 8 and 12 tonight. Now, Coach, you've had not one, not two, but three teams in this in this game in this game today with your course. Uh, looking at how things are going on, how, how does it feel for you to have both of the teams that you had in today's action advance to the eight and twelve? Man, it's just a true testament, man, to the coaching staff, the parents, and the hard work. That these players have put in. I mean, since April, April, we had a battle through, you know, the pandemic and and everything else is going on, man. So it, it's really, it's really big for us, man. Uh, first time program, uh, you know, setting a great foundation for these kids, man. And um, I'm just excited and just happy for these young men, man. I really am. We're quickly with Naj Ridley. He is the director of the Fort Dorchester program. Coach I'm proud of you having the chance to be the voice of the Patriots over there on 4D Sports TV, man. You continue to do what you're doing. You're doing it the right way, but you're doing it with number one, our player of the game, Hollywood. How do you talk about this young man who continues to do big things? Man, let me tell you something, man. We've seen this guy just um, just grow and developing and embrace the company he's been receiving since April. And, man, let me tell you something, man. Wow. I mean, hey. <laughs> That's why we call him Hollywood. That's why we call him Hollywood. When, you know, when, no the, when the bright lights are on, man, this kid steps up and he shows out, man, 100%. Now, next week, Coach, this team right here will see the Rock Hill Wildcats. You just watched a very well-disciplined team. I don't want to speak too fast because I want you to enjoy this game, Coach. But how exciting is to know that you've already had a chance to scout the team that you'll see next week? 
Yeah, you know what? Um, it was, listen, and, and kudos to those guys. They, they played a hard football game. They were able to pull it out, I think, what, with less than a minute left. And they beat, what, what number one ranked team in the state. So, um, you know, kudos, kudos to the Upstate Titans. But that Rock Hill team, man, let me tell you something, man. Um, very impressed with what I've seen today. It seemed very well coached. Those guys fly to the ball, big running backs. They hit the hole, put their hands down, and just go. So, it was a, hey, it was a privilege to watch those guys tonight. But you know what? We're going to take a moment to celebrate this victory, man, and get ready for those boys on Tuesday. All right, buddy. Real quick, who do you guys play in the 8U next Saturday? Who who do you guys see in the upstate real quick before I get you out of there? Um, the extreme. The extreme pulled off what many think was an upset against the uh, Columbia Knights 8U. So, that's going to be a good one. Um, I didn't get a chance to see those boys play, but I heard they look good. So, um, so like I said, um, you know, but our 8U will be ready, man. That's all I can say. Hey, if you can beat that team out of Columbia and you know the Knights where they're out of Dutch Fork area, you've done something big. Coach, God bless you. Take care. I'll see you after the game and once we get off the broadcast. Appreciate the love, buddy. All right, thank you. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the director, and he's one of the coaches over there. As him and Coach Poston continue to do great things as they now have a 32-6 to lead for the Patriots, the 12U program, 104 remaining here. You heard it right here, the 8U program of the Patriots will play the extreme. That's the team in the upstate, Eugene. And, the, of course, uh, these guys right here, the 12U Patriots, will see the Rock Hill Wildcats. Eugene, I'm going to put you on one more assignment. See if you can find number one. I see him right here. Walk on down to this young man real quick before the time gets up because I want to catch him before. I'm going to let you ask him some questions. I'll let you do the interview for him real quick there. So just kind of pull him aside and – and, and have a quick moment with him. There he is right there. All right, guys, we're going to go to our player of the game. Our player of the game today is Bobby Wilford Jr. Eugene Benton with uh, Richie Allman, Southern Sports Central. Uh, you know, 4D games. Uh, Richie's guy has them on TVs up in the booth. Uh, so you're the player of the game tonight. Uh, this is our game of the week for the radio. Uh, so talk to us about uh, what did you see out there from that very first score? We saw you kind of, you know, take it out, duck your head, go left, and you're going. Uh, talk to us about it, man. How's it feel? So it's been like a big hole in the middle. And I had, I had hit outside, and I cut back inside. Gotcha. And, and talk to us about that long play. Now, I uh, saw your receiver, number four, is down there blocking. Uh, he sees you coming, hears you coming. I don't know what you said to him. Whatever you said, he just throws up his hands. You spun around and uh, took off to the end zone. Uh, so when you're do, uh, on the field, you got that breakaway speed. You see the end zone. Uh, talk to us, man. What, what's going through your mind? What's, what's those eyes? Does it look like a big juicy cheeseburger down there? Is it, is it, what is it? What is it that tells you I, I got to get there? They have a blitzer from the outside, so I cut it inside. So you cut it inside on the blitz. How about uh, on, let's see, the play? You see the guy coming up the middle? Does, does something tell, tip you off that he was coming that way? Seems like you uh, kind of knew before you made your cut uh, what hole those guys were coming through. Um, so, like, it, they were coming through. It seemed like they were coming through the outside. But then it's like, it like Ryan was trying to bless the inside. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, i tell you, Richie said he saw you play last week, man. I said, well, you know, kind of reminds me of a guy who wore number five for Dutch Fork a few years ago. He said, "No, nah, man, that kid's gonna be the next Cam Newton." Uh, so uh, you gonna you gonna be throwing the ball, or you gonna be running the ball? Uh, you know, doing both. Uh, what, what's it? What, what's your uh, future look like to you? Doing both. Doing both. So he wants to run the ball, throw the ball, man. I, I think everybody started laughing around when uh, when we mentioned the Cam Newton man. Uh, I mentioned the carry on, 
Nobody really said much. I mentioned uh, your boy with uh, uh, Cameron Newton, and uh, it seemed like to light him up. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously you want to play quarterback at the next level. So what about – have you already thought about past high school? I can play – I can play any position. We also saw you playing some defensive backs uh, on the pass with the young man threw it to the corner of the end zone. Uh, so I know you play both ways, but what is it that you're looking to play next level? If you had to pick a position, what would you want to play? Uh, he doesn't know. So, so maybe not your quarterback. It might be your defensive <laughs> back. But I tell you what, Mr. Hollywood, congratulations. Congratulations on the win. The Lower State Hollywood. Championship. Y'all got Rock Hill uh, for the state championship coming up, man. Uh, Richie, we're going to send it back to you, dude. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the quarterback, y'all. As you see the love there given to his players, he is our player of the game. Hollywood from Mattel Jr., he was our player of the game last week, and without a doubt, tonight he has done it all there. If you look at him on the field, he's do what he's done. He's ran it in a couple of times. He's got some uh, extra points here, and with about 18 seconds, it is a 32-6 to lead right now. A 32-6 to lead right now for the Patriots of Fort Dorchester. 12U looks to be doing what they do, heading to the state championship, held right here somewhere, somewhere in Charleston. If you're listening Uh-oh. for the first time, if you're listening to us on the first time, I can tell you this. You should be following us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Like that button. Go to Twitter at SO Sports Central. Uh, take a look. I, I see a cooler heading towards the coach, Richie. Oh, you know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's about that time. And some of the best baths you've ever taken is an ice bath after a win. 15 seconds, count it down. And, uh, again, a great, great job tonight by so many. So many that continue. And here comes the bath. And they're going to watch it because they can't get away as he's getting the other coach. Oh, man, they're better off getting him. They got him. So the ice bath has been delivered, and we're 15 seconds away. What are they, Jay Williams? He is the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, SEC. He continues to do what he does not only here at Woodland as a coach on the staff with, of course, uh, Coach Ford and Coach Cyber, but he's taken that talent and he's allowed himself to indulge himself into the youth to continue to build the young people up so that they can be better today so they can help out that program tomorrow. And like that, with five seconds remaining, it will now be timeout on the Raiders. Kind of kind of different here with a 32-6 to deficit. You call a timeout, maybe one final time to let your guys, maybe they're graduating to the B team. That's my thought process. They're heading to the B team. What that means that they'll give them an honor. Yeah, you see this in high school. You see this in college. And I got to be honest with you, the, the, the opportunity, Eugene, that this program and this league, this is the first year. And a lot of teams, a lot of organizations, and a lot of programs in the first year have a ton of hurdles, and they do a lot of bouncing back and forth. But tonight was a total success. When adversity was faced, character was shown. They not only delivered, but they had a huge impact not only right here at the wood, down the road on Highway 78, just a little bit west of Somerville. They brought in multiple teams from multiple areas around the state of South Carolina and one, one team from Asheville, North Carolina even came in here. So to me, that shows a lot of how great. And pick six, do we got one in the making? He's hitting the 20. 
Here comes the Patriots and the flag on the flag. Keep the flag on your lap. Oh, he's going to pick it from the 95. Another flag is thrown. I'm wondering if it's a personal foul. There's some laundry on the field. Yes, sir. The Patriots score on a pick six with no seconds left. We're going to wait and see what happens. I didn't see any block in the back. We're looking for them to wave it off. If they do, it stands a 40 to 6 win. If not, we're waiting to see the call. And you see the spring waters coming out. And here come the referees to talk to the Patriots. And you, that's a pretty good sign that they're going to wave this one down. But we'll wait. We'll see. Oh, they're going to spot the ball. Man, as they're talking to the Raiders organization. And I think they're going to bring it back. So let's set it up here for you. It was a pick six from about the five, 95 yards later. The Patriots are running it in the end zone. But I think that they are now going to spot the ball at the 20. Wow. It's like the game that never ends. It's been five seconds on the clock for 20 minutes. They always say this is the toughest time. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Eugene, great job, by the way, my brother. Awesome job of covering and uh, smothering all the stuff there that you needed to do is uh, you started to kind of put everything in perspective, man. So this is your first day. You got a crash course, if you will, right? Yet you had everything. You, you, you missed the whole year. But what did we do? We brought you in. We gave you like 12 games, it felt like. Man, you have been it, – it's like learning in an exam all in 24 hours. What is your take on an event like this, this being your first time of seeing this action at this level did it build up to everything that you and I talked about on the radio? Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing you can't get is, as fun as it is up here in the booth and you feel like you can see uh, the entire field and everything. Uh, man, you should be down there on the sideline with those kids. It is, uh, as, as the kids say, it is lit. It is happening, man. Cause, uh, wow. You know, I, I, I saw kids uh, throwing water on each other, and it's pretty cold out and, uh I think if you're young, you must be immune to that. Oh, well, here we go. There's the final knee, Rich, and we are out here 32-06. Final score, so 32-6 is the final. Now, again, we talked about everybody that we needed to tonight. This has been a great night. It's been a great, great day of action. We want to say congratulations to all the champions today. But here, out of the SEC, I can tell you this. We've seen a lot of character. We've seen a lot of um, charisma. We've seen a lot of talent, but we've seen a lot of memories made here in the last so many weeks. And tonight, we'll end another young men's schedules, right? Another group of young men tonight. Three teams will say a long farewell, while three teams will advance to next week. Who are those three? Well, if you're looking at the 8U, the Patriots of Fort Dorchester. If you're looking at the 10U, that's the Raiders of North Charleston. And just now, in 32 to 6 fashion, in four quarters of football, it is the Fort Dorchester Patriots that will live to see another day. And we guarantee you one thing we will definitely have the game of the Rocky Wildcats and the Patriots of Fort Dorchester. And we will do our best to have the 8 and the 10 as well, whether it be on the TV screen or right here on Southern Sports Center. You need a great job. 
for you tonight, young man. We appreciate your drive to come in, to hang out, to be a part of this thing, and you and I will now sign off, and I want to give you an opportunity to say your final piece, son. Well, I just want to congratulate, uh, first of all, the players, uh, all, all of them, those that won today and the, those that represented another Sunday district. I mean, making the lower state final in any sport is an accomplishment of itself. So congratulations to the players, the coaches, the volunteers, the parents. Uh, to me, you know, aside from the winning teams and all that great feeling, I, you know, to me the biggest winner, and, and I know he won't look at it that way, is Jay Williams for putting together such a wonderful product because uh, it's not just these trophies that are handed out and the scores on the scoreboard, but it's the lasting memories. It's the lasting change. It's that opportunity for some of these kids who may not have had to do something. Uh, here they are, uh, you know, winning, winning teams, seeing such great success, kind of putting their foot in the ground, kind of planting that seed for, uh, you know, bigger things at uh, varsity level. And then, you know, hopefully we'll see these guys on Saturday, maybe, maybe even on Sunday. Someday, and they can definitely look back at this and say, you know, this is where it all began. So, hats off to Jay and all he does to put this together. Oh, guys, on my end, I can tell you this: I look forward to next weekend. Well, it will be a bittersweet contest state championship that we will always remember, and it will be heard right here on Southern Sports Central. I want to thank everybody who came here today, who was a part of this today, the officials, the cleaning crew, the men in the box up here that called the game, that ran the box, the referees, the ladies and gentlemen in the press box, to the lovely, by the way, it took all of your questions and a little bit of money along the way. It is a win-win situation when you see this many young people making memories during an incredible tough time, and tonight, we thank the Lord, the man above, who allowed this all to happen today. He kept us safe and sound. No one left here injured, at least not to the point of critical. No one left here, I don't feel, of any anger, maybe some disappointment, and maybe a little bit of hurt feelings. But at the end of the day, a successful day was definitely all put in place. Guys, on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, we say God bless. Take care and into another broadcast, which, by the way, is with the professor over there in the lab, Clinton Robinson Sr. He comes to you live at 6 p.m. for three solid hours you can find them over there at southern sports central on facebook like the page follow the shows that'll do it live from the wood thank you so much coach cyber coach ford and of course the commissioner that is jay williams on behalf of all of us to all of you this has been a south carolina youth football broadcast right here on southern sports central guys i'm richie alvin for eugene benton we say so long farewell until next time god bless